1: We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the Morning. Hot Radio 77. W. A. B. C.
2: Black and egg
3: white Pull me out from inside I am ready I am ready I am ready I am Taffy
2: stuck Tongue tied
4: there was something big on television last night, I guess. But I'm going to do something this morning, Bernard, that is very, very, I think you'd even agree, very uncharacteristic of me. And that is before I get to the circus called the State of the Union Address, which we both watched last night. I spoke to Bernard literally moments before Joe Biden entered the chambers. We'll do something this morning, Bernie, that I don't usually do, which is pat ourselves on the back you know i'm uncomfortable doing stuff like that (laughs) yeah Yeah,
5: i hear you bro it ain't easy no it's not easy no no but being the humble you know (laughs) everyday guy
4: you know it's funny you say that uh this guy jason desantis he owns this uh company it's called toxic masculinity men's clothing yeah our friend uh caroline russo new jersey house you saw that stuff
5: I love that, the name of that uh, the, the company, there, the store. It's a great company,
4: and the stuff is really cool. And uh, one of the sweatshirts he sent me actually reads Humble and Hungry. And I wore that sweatshirt to the Nick game on Sunday with Gabriel, and I got to tell you, a bunch of people stopped me, and they were like, Oh, my God, what a cool sweatshirt. So I posted the picture of me and Gabe, which got more likes and comments than any picture I've ever posted on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. By the way, the show's Instagram is at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. But the most popular comment I got was, humble with a question mark.
5: <laughs> well, very good. And that's appropriate. Yes. Yeah, and so who cares? I don't care. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of toxic masculinity, Uh, This whole, uh, you know, Ukrainian-Russian situation, guess what? It's all all the women and children are headed for the borders, are headed away from the Ukraine. It is the men. That's right. The toxic men, the toxic masculine men headed into the fight. Remember that. No, that's
4: true. Uh, There's no
5: question. That's true. They're going to have a hard time, by the way, uh, uh, you know, recasting nationalism, borders, and the right to bear arms. Uh, as bad things, which they did in the past after this uh, particular uh, Ukraine incident.
4: Uh, There's no doubt. So before we dive more into that in the speech last night, uh, what I'm getting at, talking about uh, patting ourselves on the back, if you buy today's New York Post, which you should because, as Bernie attests, and I completely agree, it's the best newspaper in the country. I believe, Bernie, it's still also the oldest, yes? Yes.
5: Definitely the oldest, 1801, founded by Alexander Hamilton, and the fourth largest.
4: Fourth largest, like uh, Brooklyn, the fourth largest city, even though it's a borough, the oldest, the best paper in the country. If you go to today's New York Post and go to page 20, specifically page 20, you're going to see something you see, well, every Wednesday. One thing about John Katzimatidis is he decided a long time ago, John Margot Chad, they were going to advertise this station. And every Wednesday in the New York Post, we've got a color ad of some show here at this station. I believe it's been you and I a bunch of times. But today's is really special because today on page 20, it reads this. Start your day with Bernie and Sid, New York's number one Nielsen-rated News Talk morning show. There's a great picture of you and I. Kickstart your mornings with the very best in news and commentary, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m., and there it is, the number one rated news talk show in New York in the mornings, Bernie and Sid, page 20, a beautiful color ad in today's New York Post. So let's start by thanking John Katsimatidis, Bernard.
5: Absolutely. I mean, he never, you know, he, 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 he never spare a cent to celebrate and advertise and market this radio station, which is why it is so successful. And, uh, again, yeah, to put that out there for us today, is, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. It's it's humbling is what it is. But it is a great-looking ad. And, by the way, the claims that they make, ladies and gentlemen, in the ad, all true. No, they are true. In fact,
4: uh, I'm not going to say his name, but I got a congratulatory text last night from a guy that is a very – you know who he is, Bernie. I'll tell you later. He's a very, very, very powerful radio guy in this city. I mean really powerful. And he sent me a text last night, and he said, man – He goes, uh, I don't think you guys can do it. I said, well, at your station, it's one thing to get ratings. Here, that was not going to be easy. He said, I know. He said, I don't think you guys can do it, but congratulations. So other radio folks around town are paying attention. They've taken notice as to how well the station is doing, and specifically the toughest day part, the morning show, where you and I are absolutely kicking ass. So thank you again to John, and that's how we'll start the show. Now, on the flip side, while Bernie and Sid are kicking ass and impressing everybody, including the competition here in New York City. On the flip side, not very impressive last night, Biden. Now, look, I know that you guys knew we were going to say this. This morning, very predictable. There was no way that Bernie and Sid were going to come on the air and say, wow, That was a really good speech last night, even if it was. I admit, I'll admit that. Bernie, you may not. I'll admit that. I am so in the bag against this guy. There's no way I can say something nice about him. There's just no way. I,
5: I can say something nice about the speech. It was mercifully short that's true. One hour and two minutes, You're which right. is uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, unusual for a State of the Union speech. 62 minutes, only 71
4: minutes from the time Fox started their coverage in the chamber to when he said the State of the Nation, excuse me, the State of the Union is actually very, very good. Uh, but knowing that we're in the bag, we don't like Biden and all that. I mean, he made me nauseous when he was walking up towards his seats. Nancy Pelosi couldn't get her dentures to work all night. She was <laughs> annoying as hell behind him. Kamala Harris, even worse. Uh, With all that said, all of the pregame stuff, Bernard, had people saying, look, his best bet is to go out there tonight and apologize. Apologize to the American people for inflation, the supply chain shortage, for allowing Putin to do what he's doing in Ukraine, Uh, the the border, a multitude of things.
5: Afghanistan.
4: Right. A multitude of things Joe Biden could have apologized to the American people for and then say, but look. It's only a year. I've got three to go. Let's reset tonight. Let's reset tonight and together make this work for three years. Everybody I listened to before the actual State of the Union said that's what he should do. Bernie, did he do that?
5: Uh, Hardly. (laughs) Hardly. Hey, look, uh, on Ukraine, it sounded like he was doing a victory lap. I mean, they'd they'd be in massacre this morning uh, as we speak. Said Putin hears us.
4: I'm saying to myself, what are you talking about? He he's not stopping. He's not minimizing. He's not intimidated. He's
5: stepping it up. Yeah, we got a coalition of nations again. You didn't get anything. Zelensky uh, showed some courage over the weekend and the nations organically united against Putin. You didn't you didn't organize crap. What did you you didn't uh, your stupid sanctions you put in way too late. I mean there are a million things you did wrong on it, but the to sound like there was some sort of anything to praise, anything to celebrate about the Ukraine situation is pure fantasy on this guy's part. I mean, I know he's demented, but uh, the people around him wrote that speech and they went with it. And I guess they expect that we're, you know, we're that stupid. They do have contempt for us. We found that out in the past. So they thought they'd run it by us and uh, get away with it, but they're not. No, they're and,
4: not. and, of course, we've got all the audio, which, Bernard, you'll play throughout the morning. just want to kind of summarize it right here. He did talk about closing the airspace, something you said, yes, it would be a major, major mistake, but it looks like he's going to do it.
5: Well, no, I think w- w- what he's going to do is ban uh, Russian flights from American airspace. Well, he, he is doing that, yes. I believe yes. that, but he's yeah. not He's not going with the no-fly zone. The gotcha. no-fly zone would would mean... Uh, war would mean World War III because right. uh, as once you establish a no-fly zone, you shoot down a Russian plane, it is on. And gotcha. he, no, he's not going for that.
4: Okay, so now once he spends about 20 minutes, like you said, taking the victory lap and acting as if he's really making Putin nervous when we know that is not even close to being the case as Putin continues to step up the aggression and the violence every day as if the United States and these NATO countries don't even exist, then he gets to the issues at home. And he did touch on all of them. Yet, whether it was inflation or the border, I was watching Kamala Harris's face when he talked about the border. I was waiting for him to say, and Miss Harris doing such a great job. He didn't say that, of course, because that really would have been a lie. But I was watching her face. Like she was getting nervous, like, oh, my God, don't mention me. But he got to all of the things that are really an issue in the country today, Bernard. But yet, while getting to them and talking about them, I didn't hear once, not once, for any of these issues – any way he's going to solve them? Did you?
5: No, not at all. Uh, he just he mentioned them, and he, um, it, it, you know what? It sounded like it was, uh, you know, he was famous famously uh, dropped out of the nineteen eighty eight race for plagiarism. He may have, he plagiarized Donald Trump last night. He he mentioned uh, funding the police. Yep. He mentioned securing the border. Yep. He mentioned uh, making everything in America, of course, except energy. Uh, no he basically stole uh you know all of Donald Trump's ideas it was an america first sentiment uh but uh, he didn't mention how he would do it uh, you know any particulars no but but he did uh, he did uh, again uh, steal donald trump's ideas is what he did the america first movement and uh no solutions no hardcore solutions like you know uncanceling the keystone pipeline or drilling no no. On the federal lands, nope. et cetera, et cetera. None of
4: that. And then, of course, while you talk about him taking a victory lap with Ukraine, the other victory lap he took last night, which really made me nauseous, was COVID. And going on and on. Of course, there were no masks last night. There was one gentleman in a wheelchair. There was one guy sitting to the left of Harris and Pelosi Outside of that, those are the only two people I saw wearing masks. I'll give
5: you one other. Who else? And and
4: uh, oh oh, Jeff Fat Jerry Netherwood,
5: your congressman. That's yes, right. I saw that. I did see that. And, and by the way, he was sitting where uh, Elliot Engel used to sit, where yes. he sat for you know like twelve hours before the president came out. Yeah, he was there to get his fat face on TV yeah. with the mask.
4: He lost a lot of weight. He looked actually sickly and terrible last night. But I did see that. I did see him wearing a mask. Those are the only three people. Um, outside of that. You know, they made it sound like we won, we've beaten this over the last year. He didn't make mention, of course, that more people have died under his watch than did under Donald Trump or the fact that our kids are still being tortured today or that all this science that he pointed to yesterday, we knew this five months ago, none of that, that victory lap for COVID last night, equally as pathetic.
5: No, no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, two days ago, he walked from the helicopter to the White House Outdoors, sunny, wearing a mask, wearing a mask. And now he's indoors, you know, in a, in a chamber full of uh, people, no mask. The hypocrisy, the inconsistency is, uh, I mean, it's really not surprising. It's, it's not surprising no, at all. no. But, uh, yeah, he, he's not gonna, he's not gonna tout his failures. Let's, let's put it that way. Well, all he's got is failures.
4: That's A, all he has. That's all he's got. I mean, again, Nancy Pelosi fixing her teeth all night, her dentures.
5: It looked, she looked ridiculous. It didn't stop all night. And the, um, yeah, fake getting up, uh, the, you know, to clap at times when. Yes. The rest of the chamber was like, what are you doing, stupid? Sit down.
4: Sit down. Well, well, you know who did that first was Chuck Schumer because the first time he saw that, the first time Biden took a shot at Trump last night, the first time Chuck Schumer got up and started to clap and no one else had gotten up at that point, he sat down and got up a couple of seconds later. AOC uh, looked pretty last night. She was nodding her head yes to a bunch of nonsense, but the best look for me was when Biden started talking about the L-B-G-T-Q-F-G-H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P. When he started doing that, the look on Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett's face was a look of horror. Did you see that?
5: <laughs> As it should be, because essentially what he's saying there is, uh, hey, women's sports, women who compete in uh, scholastic sports, That's right. screw you. right. That's what he was doing. It's a, a complete total anti-women stance is what he was saying. Uh, you know, pandering to, and uh, it is—it's sickening. It's—it's—it's—it's vomit-inducing, is what it is, because he's such a coward on the issue.
4: And yet, yet the media thought he did a great job. Not what I watched or what you watched. You and I were both watching Fox News. I spoke to Carol. I spoke to you, but the rest of the media gushing this morning. I mean, this guy actually referred at one point to the heroic Ukrainians as Iranians.
5: Iranians. I mean, exactly come right. on, Bernie. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, no, he's uh, he's clearly. He's clearly not into it, and his, uh, you know, his solution. I'm going to do everything I can to, uh, you know, uh, you know, mitigate the the pain at the pump, etc. Is to uh, unleash these our national uh, strategic oil reserves, right? Which is so stupid. It's such a, such a, a a childish stunt, is what it is. That means he's going to unleash 30 million barrels. We use 20 million barrels a day. And it's an emergency reserve. You don't just uh, you know willy nilly just release the reserve. You, you release it, you know, when the Russians are, are off Long Island and they're about to invade, <laughs> right. and you need you need you need oil. You need some oil quick. You need some gas quick. That's what you're saving it for, not for so to, to uh, uh, get get the prices down by. F- by the way, the last time he unleashed the uh, strategic oil reserves, prices went up, for whatever reason. So that's not the answer. That's again, it's a gimmick. And it's stupid, and it's really irresponsible is what it is.
4: Now, we got uh, all the sound from last night. The other major story, of course, no Major League Baseball. They've now canceled the first two series of the season, which include for the Mets, the Nationals, and the Braves at home, for the Yankees, the Texas Rangers, and the Houston Astros on the road. And lastly, going back to the very beginning of this segment, I want all of our listeners, Bernie, all of you folks, to go out there today, buy the New York Post, buy it, go to page 20, get that color ad, of Bernie and Sid promoting us as the number one rated morning show in New York. I want you to take a picture holding up the actual ad and put it on Instagram and tag us. Yeah. At It's Bernie and Sid and at 77 WABC Radio. Tag us all day. Go by the New York Post. Go to page 20. Look at the color promo that John Katsimatidis did today. Bernie and Sid, number one once again. Take a picture and tag us on Instagram at Check It's it Bernie and Sid and, by the and way, at by 77 the way, WABC Radio.
5: I'm sorry I stepped on you. So repeat the uh, address. I'm sorry I, I stepped on
4: you. Uh, our show is at It's Bernie and Sid and of course the station at 77 WABC Radio.
5: I was going to say tag uh, Berman and Riedel while you're at it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I like that. Well, you, bad, don't bad. talk bad about them. Lou Rapinoe was here, and he still kind of, he still has some affection for them. You know, he worked for them for a couple of years. Yeah, they're, not, they're nice people. <laughs> they are very nice people. I, I I don't know Michael very well, but I do know Len. He's a great sports guy. He's a great guy. He's an awful radio host. Not you know, bad.
5: I- Awful. Back in the day, I actually worked for uh, Lynn Berman, believe it or not, way back in the 80s on the weekends uh, as a uh, you know a side job at NBC. But that's another story. And he was very nice. So uh, nice I have nothing bad to say about no, him. No, me
4: either. Just, you just can't. You shouldn't be hosting a radio show, especially here in the yeah. York. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we got a great show today. A couple of big-name guests stopping by. All the audio from last night. The crew is here. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Lou Rufino, Frankie Diaz with an e DeB Valentine, one 800 848 W-A-B-C, 1-800-848-9222, a hump day Wednesday. Happy Ash Wednesday. You know, last year on this day, as you know, Bernard, I actually went to St. Patrick's, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I got ashes.
5: You remember that? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Ash Wednesday, and you, uh, with the name Sid Rosenberg, uh, the priest fainted, did he not? He uh, did. He, uh, he, when uh, well, you,
4: what I said to him, I said, I'm Jewish, can I still do this? And he said... Sure, why not? And I walked around Manhattan for like two hours with ashes. No, it's How a much. beautiful thing.
5: It, it is the beginning of Lent, uh, yeah. you know, something to be celebrated in the Catholic religion, in the uh, Christian faith, I should say, the whole faith. But, uh, yes, leading up to the uh, when Jesus rises from the dead on Easter Sunday. So it's a, it's a, and we have to uh, a sacrifice, as a matter of fact. You have to give up something, right? We have to give something up. Right. And, uh, I'm still contemplating what it is I'm going to give up. Right, but uh, well, I, Luke, I'll get I'll get back to you on that. I
4: think Luke is going to give up sex, which he doesn't have anyway, so it's not a big issue. You see, that's
5: the right exactly. See what
4: you did there? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> what would I give up? I have no. I have to think about that for a second. Well, uh, we'll he, take your uh, your calls on that too. Why not?
5: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll give up uh, watching uh, cable news. How about that?
4: No, let me tell you something. That would be great. After yesterday, I watched way too much last night. That was Hours. torture. That was torture. torture. Well, I said to
5: my wife, I'm sitting there, we're watching. I said to her, this is torture, watching this on cable news, Joe Biden, for an hour and, and, and two minutes. God almighty, Terrible. somebody shoot me. But the
4: pregame show wasn't bad because I watched Tucker Carlson on Fox News leading up to it, and he's so damn good. Then you get Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. By the way, what team is Martha McCallum on?
5: I'm really not sure. Uh, well, no, she's on. Uh, she's on our team. It's okay. just that a lot of times they, they have they face pressure to be, you know, quote unquote fair and balanced, and they, you know, they they, they say things that uh, make you cringe. Let's put it that way. You shouldn't be hearing on Fox News.
4: Agreed. All right, we'll take a short break. Huge, huge show coming your way. All the audio from last night. If you want to hear Joe Biden take a beating, don't change that dial. We'll be right back.
1: Pump day. To-
6: On the back, sweet us on the front, cruising down the freeway in the hot, hot
3: sun. Suddenly, red blue lights flash out from behind. Loud voice booming, please, step out onto the line. Bellet bridge words of comfort, singers' hearts to eyes. Come on, let's please get to it. Caps shades, the Santa Chevy
7: sixty nine.
5: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. How bizarre. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Download that app, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very entertaining and informative. Also heard out in eastern Long Island, Newstalk 107.1 FM. You can check us out on your smart TVs, on your computers at Radio TV. Uh, regarding masks, I believe today is the first day in the state of New York that kids can go to school and not wear a mask, with the exception of New York City. That is, is No, you're right?
4: correct, and that is—it's uh, not New York City because Eric Adams wants people to know he's got a big penis, and he was not going to allow Kathy Hochul to tell him what to do in his city. So Eric is going to take a look at this and reevaluate on Friday. Because <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: uh, sure, I'm, uh, Eric uh, I'm, uh, gotta, uh, I'm uh, to go to the to, right, me what right, what to right. do. Oh, White people can
4: wear masks, but uh, Anyway, a uh, long story short, I would expect that the city will follow suit sometime next week. Even my son who goes to an overpriced private school on the Upper West Side, they told him next week the mask will probably come off. So, yes, New York State today. Look for the city to do the same sometime next week.
5: Yeah, so all of a sudden uh, COVID is over. And uh, what would it amounts to is essentially, uh, well, what some are terming uh, phrasing, an election year conversion on the part of Democrats. I mean, they see the writing on the wall. The poll numbers are up there. You have 31 uh, Democrat Congress people saying, I ain't running again because I can't win, uh, and, then, and many others are going to lose. By the way, down in Texas, there was this uh, really, really important race, uh, this uh, moderate Democrat, his name is Henry Cuellar, and he was he's really pissed off at the Biden administration for what they did to Texas by not securing the border and stopping the, the, the building of the wall. He was challenged by an AOC type. He was primaried, and he beat her by like 1%. Uh, Beto O'Rourke uh, got the Democrat nomination, and of course, Greg Abbott was renominated to uh, run for uh, governor of Texas. But that Cuellar thing is a big deal that he's still there, that this primary thing did not work against a moderate Democrat. Uh, that's very, very important. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, appropriating uh, the Republican positions, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, you know, this is Joe Biden again plagiarizing as he did in 1988 stealing Donald Trump's uh, and the America First message.
8: Uh, t- if you don't believe me, take a listen to what he said. Most Americans and most of the country can now go mask free. You can end the shutdown of schools and businesses. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. No, when we use taxpayers' dollars to rebuild America, we're going to do it by buying America. The American Rescue Plan Help working people and left no one behind. Fund the
5: police, uh, buy America, make it in America, except energy, of course. Uh, all these uh, Republican positions again, election year conversions. Looking at the polls, and you heard that lady in the back scream. That's right. Well, there was that. W- there was one point where uh, this old imbecile was talking about soldiers coming back in flag draped coffins. And uh, remember when he was at Dover Air Force Base looking at his watch? Yes. Every time they took I just want to remind people how disgusting and obscene that was. But anyway, when he brought up uh, uh, soldiers and flag-draped coffins, uh, listen to uh, a one lady, that same lady you just heard. She sh- screamed out again during this little particular incident. Take a listen. 12.
8: I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 40 times. Incinerate waste. The waste of war. Medical and hazards material jet fuel and so much more and they come home many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world never the same headaches numbness dizziness a cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin i know one of those one of those yep. soldiers was yep. my son, Major Boba. So, yep. anyway,
5: uh, the bottom line is g- good on her. What did she
8: yell there again?
5: She yelled 13
4: of them. 15 of them, right. It was 13. <laughs> 13, but, yeah. Right, yeah. but if you, but if you and, and I know you watch it with me, the very next uh, face you saw, at least on Fox News, I can't bow about for, for the rest of the stations. After she yelled that, the very next face you saw was Steve Scalise who, uh, and Lindsey Graham, and they both made faces like, yeah, that was pretty good.
5: Thanks for that. Yeah, and uh, by the way, it was uh, Lauren Bobert from Colorado who, oh, who did it, and God bless her for saying it. Yep. He never alluded to it, and that was one of the b- biggest, biggest, uh, it was the defining moment essentially in his presidency of, uh, you know, the horrific failures, that, that being amongst the worst of them, those 13 flag-draped coffins of those soldiers, and, of course, him looking at his watch, and uh, check this out. You had the the, the bimbo Kamala was sitting behind him. The other old lady was fixing her dentures, as you point out, Sydney, all night. And Kamala, yeah, Kamala is sitting there, and she's, you know, she doesn't know what she's doing. She she doesn't understand what the hell uh, Biden is saying, nor does he, by the way. Anyway, earlier in the day, Kamala went on a radio show and uh, just listen to this idiot. Yesterday, we played a clip of her. You know, she I went off script. I mean, sounding really really stupid. I won't play it again here, but. Yesterday morning on a radio show, Kamala Harris, take a listen to this.
3: We had sanctions before the actual invasion we threatened sanctions to hopefully deter russia from going in so we basically you know like if you're a parent and you tell your children well if you do this the punishment is going to be that right Right. and we hope that by doing that it will deter our children from doing the wrong thing Right. right so that's deterrent so that's where we started with the sanctions but then when russia actually went in we are now implementing the sanctions
5: uh, well she actually said that uh Ukraine is a country it's a big country and it's r- right next to Russia yeah play the correctly oh, right C- Russia is a
4: bigger country now yeah but yeah. just remember it prefaces by saying that the host actually said to her can you please break it down in the simplest
5: terms oh, okay well here you go play it play it
4: please
3: so Ukraine is a country in Europe it exists Next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. (laughs) Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So... Basically,
5: that's wrong. Basically, that's wrong. I don't know. Like we're in the second
9: grade. Uh, Well,
4: no, but listen, again, I'm not defending her, but the person did say, break it down in its simplest terms. But as Tucker Carlson said last night, Dr. Seuss, he was sitting there with Tulsi Gabbard, who, by the way, looked gorgeous in a red coat last night, red jacket. And she said, listen, in defense of Kamala Harris, that would have been funny if the truth was... Ukrainians weren't being murdered savagely on a daily basis, so exactly the host did ask her to break it down in its simplest terms. She
5: did that, yeah, but not in its stupidest
4: terms, right? I mean, like, like, right? He, he
10: said layman's terms was the term he used, right? But that, that's right. lower than layman's. Well, he, he uh, the the um,
4: the analogy that uh, Tucker made last night was Cat in the Hat, Dr. Seuss, and and not only does she the, the, she also delivers it with this ridiculous giggle, like 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 this is a joke, right? Like it's a
5: joke, and she is uh, a heartbeat away from replacing the. The feeble old fool you saw on your TV last night. Oh, a yeah, heartbeat yeah. away, ladies and gentlemen. We're in big trouble. Hey, traffic and sport we got a lot more of that coming up. Congressman Peter King will be on the show, and uh, I can't wait to hear how he assesses Biden's State of the Union. But as I mentioned, traffic and sports is coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the racket report with Frank Murano He talks about organized crime on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download wherever you get your podcast. Take a listen.
11: Are you a victim of the relationships that you had with Sonny Franzese and others?
9: I believe the true reason that I got indicted, the FBI out here were after me. They tried to get me to become an informant. And what I did was instead of recording anybody else, I recorded the FBI. That was a big mistake. I ended up having 12 tapes of me taping the fbi but i knew i had to go on record because i knew i would get in trouble for it
2: this is sid
4: on sports oh my goodness. sponsored by fearless boilers on 77 wabc not good news for baseball fans like me for the first time in 27 years there'll be a work stoppage in major league baseball the lockout continues they could not come to an agreement last night that means the first two series for every team wiped out not to be replayed. The Mets, they lose series uh, at home against the Nationals and the Braves. The Yankees, they lose, they lose, I should say, road series in Texas against the Rangers and in Houston against the Astros. In all, 91 games wiped out from the schedule. Now teams go from 162 to 156. Here's newly acquired Met pitcher Max Scherzer yet to pitch for the Mets just yet
2: yesterday. The landscape across the game has changed and that more young players more than ever have are entering the game and producing at high levels than we've ever seen before. We still feel that there's dollars to be allocated towards them that would fairly compensate their contributions on the field uh, more so than what's on the table at this point. Let me make this very, very
4: clear. The owners are jerk-offs. The players are jerk-offs. Get this thing done. We have no patience for this nonsense. And I'm a diehard baseball fan. The Nets lost again last night to Toronto, 109-108. to the Nets are now down to just one game over 532 and 31 they maintain a two game lead over Atlanta and Charlotte for the final playoff spot the 8 seed inside the Eastern Conference on the ice last night it was Columbus skating past the Devils 4 to 3 the Islanders lost in Colorado 5 to 3 sports Brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Peter King coming up at 740. I'm Sid with Sports. <laughs> on your Humpty-Ass Wednesday morning. My uh, left hearing aid is off. My right one is not working either. I have to go see Dr. Shelley Borja right after the show. I can't hear a damn thing. I cannot hear a damn thing. But, Bernie, uh, yesterday during the show, you remember Bo Dietl came on. And um, Bo said uh, early on in the conversation, he said, Listen, I got a call from Joe Esposito, former chief of police, last night. And he wanted us to pray for his wife, Chris, who was in the hospital. She had had uh, a stroke. She had six blockages in uh, arteries and, and all that stuff. And um, so Bo asked us to pray. And then moments after that, literally moments after that, Joe Esposito sent text to both you and I with two pictures of his wife, Chris. One where she's holding up her middle finger to Joe and the other one where she's smiling next to the doctor in her hospital bed, and Joe's next text to me was, he probably said the same thing to you, she's looking good. And uh, we got off the air at 10 o'clock, and uh, every indication was that she was doing well and doing better. Again, Joe was excited, sent some nice texts. both said pray for her. And then um, I got a text about noon from our friend Joe Nunziata out of Williamsburg, the king of Williamsburg, and he said, Hey, man, I thought you said Esposito's wife was doing well. I said, yeah, she's doing great. Why? He said, she's dead. I said, no, 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 no. You must be confusing him with a different Joe Esposito because I saw pictures and he was upbeat and she's doing fine. He said, listen, I have a friend who's close with Joe. I'm just telling you, I don't know for a fact, but I was told that she passed away. So I called Bo Dietl and I said, Bo, I just got this news. He knew nothing about it. Bo then placed a call to Esposito Called me back, Bernie. Two minutes later, and I'm telling you, I couldn't even understand Beau's, what he was saying. He was hysterical, crying, and it turns out that that is true. That uh, Joe Esposito did, in fact, lose his beautiful wife, Chris, yesterday. And I wanted to take this time and uh, and uh, wish him uh, our condolences. And really broken hearted seeing those pictures as you did yesterday, Bernard, and talking to Joe and at least under the impression that she was doing better and doing well and maybe yeah. going home. And then
5: we both got that news yesterday, just just heartbreaking. He, uh, he was really, really in love. He called her his bride. That's the way he referred to her. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, sp- I spoke to her as I spoke to him on the phone many times. She was in the background. And, uh, uh, yeah, he sent me the same picture yesterday morning, And uh, as is my custom. I didn't respond until about I, I until <laughs> about God. I'd say noon or something like that. Afternoon, twelve thirty or something. like that. I wrote and I said, "Wow, she looks great." Blah blah blah. Middle finger. Love the attitude. Blah blah. He writes me right back and he goes, "Oh my God, she just passed away." Oh yeah. my God. Oh my. I was actually, I almost fell on the yeah. floor. I, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I was stunned. Yeah, stunned. I mean, it, it, it literally sounded like it just happened after I wrote him. And uh, well, what time did you write him? It, 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 was, it was afternoon. It was, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, know. I think she passed at 11.
4: And so I called him. I spoke to him, too. And uh, he. I said, what happened? I don't get it. And he said, well, he was actually a little aggravated. He said, the doctors didn't tell me that she had an aneurysm on her aorta. And it turns out the aneurysm burst at 11 o'clock. And, of course, that will kill you right there on the spot. That's what happened. The aneurysm on her aorta burst at 11 o'clock. And that's when she passed away. So...
5: Just um, awful. I mean, uh, I'm I am heartbroken because I know how m- much in love he was yeah. with, as he referred to her, all, all, all these years later, as his bride.
4: Yeah. You know, I, I um I went to uh, Officer Rivera's funeral a couple of weeks ago, and and I uh, couldn't get in. You know the whole story. Burn. I was. Uh, I mean, they were very nice to me, all the cops, but they were not they were not allowing media into the funeral. John was there, Katsumatidis, and George, and Dominic, and a host of others, but they were not allowing media in, and it was. Um, It was Joe who actually met me outside the church, the side entrance at St. Patrick's, and walked me into the church, and I sat next to him for the whole Rivera funeral, and he was all broken up. He's a very sensitive guy, and by the way, he's listening right now because I just received a text from Joe Esposito, and he wrote, Thanks, guys. Didn't know he was listening. I had no idea, but he is listening, and he did say, Thanks, guys.
5: He is a tough guy, old school, hardcore, with a heart of gold. Just, uh, yeah. just a really, really good man. Reached out to me many, many times uh, after you know I was diagnosed w- with what I was diagnosed yeah. with, yep. and uh, you know offered uh, come out to whatever you want. I mean, just, I mean, I can't even tell you what how good a man Joe Esposito is. I just cannot uh, convey that to you enough. And yeah, so uh, I, I'm just as. Uh, Well, I'm as heartbroken as you are. Of course you uh, are. I
4: mean, in all fairness, you know Joe longer than even I do. I remember when we had that ridiculous snowstorm that uh, prohibited me from going to the Teddy Atlas dinner when you and I got that coveted award. You were there. You went early in the day. I had to wait till the end of the day, and it took me four hours to get from 104th Street and West End Avenue to Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, And, of course, they blamed Joe Esposito, and you were on the air the next day going, Are you kidding me? Joe Esposito, that was Bill de Blasio, that was uh, Kathleen Rice. It was anybody you know, but Catherine, Joe Esposito. Catherine, Gar-
5: Catherine Garcia. Garcia, excuse me, she Catherine was, Garcia, right. Yeah, she was the, the head of sanitation. He was the, the head of operations of emergency services, but he was out of town. He was out of town. And right? this, this storm came in, and nobody predicted it whatsoever. He wasn't even here. Right. So there was nothing he could do. Uh, she was in charge, and yet uh, they gave him. They they, they put the they blame, blame on him. him,
4: right? Mayor De Blasio too. He's a hero. Nine Eleven. Joe Esposito's resume speaks for itself, and and we both love him very very much. And he was uh, the
5: man who cleaned out the vermin in Zuccotti Park during uh, yes all, uh, all that nonsense. The Wall uh,
4: Street occupation,
5: right? Exactly. Right. Uh, Occupy Wall Street. Right. Right. He was the one. He cleaned it out in a matter of hours, professionally, but. Uh, you know, with an iron fist. Uh, just the kind of kind of cop you want. Yeah. And, yes, a nine eleven hero as well. Uh, Joe Esposito, we love you. And, uh, you know, all our condolences. Uh, just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievably sad. Very, very sad. You know,
4: talking about sad, I, I do remember going back to last night, Donald Trump doing his State of the Union. And I remember there were a couple of times where I cried. I, I remember a mother of a kid that was killed by MS-13 in the chamber, and I cried. I remember a, a woman who was married to a serviceman, and I cried. And again, it's clear that I'm biased. And I'm becoming almost as biased as you, Bernie, which is really getting scary. I mean, as soon as he walked through the chamber last night, I got nauseous. That's how much I disliked Joe Biden and all of his married men. But even last night when they had the lady from the Ukraine, the ambassador to the Ukraine last night with her flag, I never got emotional. I never did. And then they showed that lady, Danielle, my wife's name, who lost her husband, a serviceman, and I never got emotional. He never got emotional. The ladies never got emotional. There it was, two stories that gave Biden the chance to make the listener, the viewer at home, emotional. He couldn't even pull that off.
5: Well, they couldn't put it off, pull it off. And uh, they, these are the people we're supposed to trust with this Ukraine-Russia uh, situation. No, they couldn't pull it off. The stage, staging, the stagecraft was awful. Even the kid with uh, diabetes when he started talking about insulin. I mean, uh, nothing. Right. Uh, and the there, father, there were, him and his father from yeah, Ohio. There, there, were, there were no tear jerkers, and they're supposed to orchestrate this. They were, look, the speech was uh, disjointed. The continuity was sloppy. He was all over the place. And, uh, by the way, on the insulin thing, let me just put point this out. It was Donald Trump who got the insulin prices down to affordable levels. And when Joe Biden came in, he reversed it immediately. Yeah. So he's, he, And now he's saying, oh, I'm going to bring it back down again. You're the idiot that uh, raised it in the first place. Donald Trump fixed it. Trump was all over it uh, towards the end of it, his administration, and uh, Biden screwed it all up. And we're supposed to not uh, be aware of that. Well, I'm making you aware of it. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was the idiot, the culprit, who screwed all these uh, diabetics, and now he's going to pretend like he's their hero by uh, undoing what he did, the bad stuff that he did.
4: Well, he did a good job last night of coming off like the hero. I think he probably bashed Trump, the Prime administration, two or three times. Uh, I don't really know what this—it's not Make America Great Again. What, what is this thing he talked about last night, This uh, his package, the America— Build Back Broke. No, no, no. He, didn't, he, he did not mention that last night. The, the package, the America, Save America, whatever the hell he talks about. He, um, he mentioned about 20 times last night. I'm not exactly sure what it's doing for America, because last I checked, we're a mess. But he yeah, kept bringing I, I up this. don't even know. Well, what the hell did he call it? America something project. He brought it up. American Rescue Plan. Yes, the American Rescue Plan. When is he going to rescue us?
5: Oh, well, that's the uh, Bill Back Broke thing, the, the, one, the one that failed in Congress. They're just uh, repackaging that car. Oh, just
4: they had to change the name, I guess. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing, same exact.
5: Same stupid uh, left wing uh, laundry list of bull shenanigans is what it is. Yeah. Amounting to nothing. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Put, put a nice name on it. But it really is uh, just a woke socialist, uh, you know, suicidal garbage is, is what it is. How about Anthony
4: Blinken sitting there last night? Then they showed Lloyd Austin and Millie. You know, I mean, just, you got, you know, you got so many great heroic people that live in this country and that fight for us every day. And then you got these guys. And again, at the risk of piling on, they are proven to be dismal failures. How do I know? 13 body bags in Afghanistan not that long ago, and they're mugging for the camera, shaking hands, smiling, fist-pumping last night. We got 13 dead kids, 13 dead kids, because you people are completely inept. What in God's name are you epping spotting about? Yeah,
5: uh, Blinken, by the way, was in the Hamptons vacationing uh, during the whole Afghanistan debacle. Uh, so was Biden was in Delaware vacationing? Uh, Jen Psaki was on on vacation somewhere else. They're, they're gonna not not gonna let a, a disaster and and potential you know danger to our troops get in the way of their vacations at the end of August. Hell no, that's sacrosanct. Uh, so yeah yeah yeah, oh, ridiculous. They the, these two woke morons, uh, Austin and Millie, these idiots who are more interested in, in you know t- t- telling uh, their soldiers that uh, boys can be girls and stuff like that. All this woke nonsense. How's that playing out in, in the Ukraine right now? Not how how well. does that relate to the Ukraine not very and well. if, if we have to get involved in some sort of war? How does that help? We want a killing machine. Now, it's not a social experiment, the military. It's not. Just have these soldiers learn how to fight and kill and uh, maybe some more sophisticated stuff, but not this uh, social justice crap garbage, this woke, this woke uh, in lunacy which is what they were pushing, wasting their time time and our money on. Yeah.
4: I did see two guys last night from the Republican Party who seemed to be alone, Uh, you know, because you kept seeing Scalise, Scalise with Lindsey Graham, so you kind of saw them all kind of packaged together. But uh, Mitch McConnell, for example, he walks in with Chuck Schumer. And I know that there was a time, I guess, when Chuck Schumer was actually a decent politician. I know our dear friend, he's like my second father. That's how much I love him. John Katsimatidis tends to like him. He has turned into the biggest backstabbing, America-hating, piece of waste, maybe in the history of New York politics. That's what's happened to Chuck Schumer. He's walking in. He can't wait to get up and clap when he bashes Donald Trump. But it looked to me like the two guys that were alone last night had zero support on either side were Mitch
5: McConnell and Mitt Romney. Did you see that? I did, yeah. They seemed uh, sort of isolated. Yeah, Mitch McConnell is uh, loathed by the... Well, he's, he's 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 a backstabber as well. Yeah, he's uh, he stabs Trump in the back at every turn, and he's uh, put he's portrayed he's he's uh, perceived as a uh, rhino. I mean, he he's not effective. He doesn't speak out on uh, important issues. Uh, you know, where is he? You hear uh, Schmuck Schumer all the time, media whore that he is, and uh, this despicable and detestable person that he is. He's out there in front of the microphones, whereas McConnell. Where the hell are you speaking out against, uh, you know, the injustices that are going on? Say, let's, for example, uh, you know, take a controversial issue. Let's say the, uh, the abuse that uh, some of these January 6th protesters are undergoing. He says nothing about any nothing. of that stuff.
4: And, and, and to further that story, which you just brought up, you wouldn't know this unless you really watched some of the stuff that Bernie and I watched last night. But one of the guys that was arrested on January the 6th that was facing now a long prison stay. He did nothing. He hit nobody. He ruined nothing. He was just in the Capitol. One of those guys facing a long prison stay. 71 months. Actually killed himself over right. the weekend. Killed himself over the weekend. So, And I know that uh, Tucker Carlson was calling out Liz Cheney and a host of others. Blood on their hands. Here's a guy that was a college graduate. Loved his country, did nothing wrong that day other than support his country and his president. He's dead, and nobody, including Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and Liz Cheney, nobody seems to care.
5: Exactly right, which is why he offed himself because of that. Just the apathy towards him, let's move on. But that's not, you know, in this country, justice is supposed to be blind. You have these January 6th protesters, like this poor guy, who they're getting totally screwed where you had... All these, uh, tw- in the summer of 2020, these Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all these guys, they were getting g- desk-, desk appearance right. tickets and then they were all dismissed. That's and right. this poor guy is losing his life. Life. 71 months. I mean, that's like, uh, what is that? Five years? 12? 12, six years. 22 yeah, yeah, months right. is six years. It, 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 exactly. So it really is heartbreaking. And, uh, and the silence of these, a lot of these, most of these Republicans is sickening. And that's. That's Mitch McConnell for you right well, that's there. that's
4: part of the problem. You see, the Democrats, for as disgusting as they are, top to bottom, bottom, they are disgusting. There's no doubt about it. Whether it's Tlaib or AOC, Joe Biden or Chuck Schumer, Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff, they're disgusting. But, but, they do stick together. The Republicans, this civil war that seemingly is going on right now with folks like Mitch McConnell on, on one side and Lindsey Graham on the other, that's where the Republican Party needs to really pick stuff because they got to get together like the Democrats, good, bad, or indifferent. No,
5: they have to. They have to. Uh, they have to unite and focus on the uh, Democrat failures, as we we outlined, and uh, as they fear the Democrats do is going to cost them the House. And uh, you know, again, the re- Republican and the Senate, the Senate, the Senate's tied right now. So, uh, yeah, we have to focus on that and not the divisions. We have to, be, have to be strong, and uh, we have to be uh, also principled as well. I mean, speaking out for a guy like this, you know, 71 months yep. before he commits suicide, not after. Right. That's, and, right. Uh, That's yes, right. I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, you don't have uh, you know, equal justice under the law here in the United States. Uh, we're going to fall apart.
4: Got a listener, Amy Epstein, listens every day out of Long Island, not far from where you live, Bernard. She said, I shut the thing off last night. He made me so nauseous. But the good news is I knew... That when you get up tomorrow morning, you and Bernie would have all of it. If you just missed this hour, you missed an awful lot because we do have all of it, including all of the audio that will come your way in the next three hours, along with Congressman Peter King and gubernatorial hopeful Rob Astorino. A very exciting three hours about to come your way on this Ash Wednesday with Bernie and Sid in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
2: Thank you.
5: it's it, ladies and gentlemen. Sugar, sugar, baby, sugar, sugar. On this, uh, well, happy hump day, March 2nd, post-State uh, of the Union speech last night with the uh, imbecile in chief. Uh, really, really, really tough to watch. The, the good news, it was only an hour and two minutes. We covered a lot of it. We're going to cover a lot more. Uh, Sid, uh, you know, the latest, it's really getting ugly over there in uh, U- the Ukraine. It's been ugly, but uh, the latest report, on february 26th zelensky was the target of an assassination attempt uh these uh, by these chechen soldiers they actually got near him at an airport and uh they were all killed because the uh, the ukrainians were tipped off by disgruntled russian captured russian soldiers a lot of these russian soldiers they don't want to be there these guys they're all conscripts uh and for you uh New York City public school students, that means they were drafted. They don't want to be there. Uh, they thought they were going to those separatist uh, countries where they would be greeted as heroes. They didn't think they would be bombing and killing civilians in uh, these uh, western Ukraine cities. But anyway, that was the, the latest uh, report on this guy, Zelensky, who we'll get to in a minute. I mean, he continues to uh, inspire a lot of people out there. But uh, back to the speech last night. Uh, let me see here. Let me just grab this over here. Sid, you with me? I'm right here, brother. I'm looking right forward to hearing right the audio okay. uh,
4: from last night.
5: So, yeah, I just want to play this clip of uh, Joe Biden. For some reason, and I don't know why, he invokes the name of the dead NYPD police officers. Maybe you can help me out. Play that
8: clip. Cut five. I recently visited New York City Police Department days after the funeral's of officer Wilbur Mora and his partner officer Jason Rivera. They were responding to a 9/11 call when a man shot and killed them with a stolen gun. Officer Moore was 27 years old. Officer Rivera was 22 years old.
6: That's right.
8: Both Dominican Americans who grew up in the same streets that they later chose to, parole, to uh, patrol as police officers. That's
5: right. So, and uh, you did, didn't go to their funeral, a either either of the funerals. That's
4: exactly what I said last night. I'm sitting there watching this with Danielle, who lasted about 20 minutes before she wanted to kill herself. And I said, you son of a bitch, you showed up in New York City the day after the guy's funeral, the day after I sat there next to Joe Esposito at Rivera's funeral. He showed up the day after and then had the nerve, the nerve to talk about these two cops last night and then lie and talk about funding the police when we all know that's the last thing he really wants to do.
5: That's uh, the last thing he did uh, express that he wanted to do. He actually said he agreed with defunding the police, and he's sitting there in front of a, a woman, a ding a who actually supported uh, a bail fund to, to bail out people who assaulted police officers and really wanted to kill these police officers. So uh, that rings very, very hollow. And, uh, yeah, it was infuriating. Just like you, I was infuriated by it. Stay the hell uh, – don't even, don't even let those names come out of your stupid mouth, your feeble mouth. And uh, also, uh, Joe Biden last night, again, speaking of feeble – you know, uh, there, there are a lot well, of well, calls. The one last thing about the go, cops, go, go.
4: Uh, go. Uh, uh, Biden maybe didn't understand this, but uh, the wife of Jason Rivera, uh, the thing that she said that really got people fired up at that funeral was she took a shot at manhattan da alvin bragg and she talked about the system failing us you remember this bernard so she took a direct shot at bragg at democrats at joe biden at the whole administration so he can virtue signal all he wants last night but the truth is is that rivera's wife god rest his soul he punched joe biden she punched joe biden right across the face that night take that big joe
5: deservedly indeed yes uh and again, this guy doesn't even really doesn't even know what he's doing. He's he's just he's being handled, of course. And he made a lot of mistakes last night. Uh, just uh, you know, trying to read the teleprompter. Uh, Justin Ellick put together a couple of them. Take a listen
8: to this. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Preventing Russia's huh? central bank from defending the Russian ruble. R- ruble. Uh, pound of ukrainian people the proud proud people pound for pound yeah. it's time to see the the what used to be called the rust belt become this, the 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 home of a, of a significant resurgence of manufacturing okay. increasing the productive capacity of our economy of our economy what i call it Building a better America. <laughs> There's simply nothing beyond our, comas- our capacity. Thank you. Go get
4: him. Go get him. Go get him. And then what, he said before what, that, he goes, and the state of our nation, excuse me, the state of the union is. Right, yeah,
11: exactly.
5: Yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of them. But, uh, but just uh, we're supposed to ignore this. We're supposed to ignore the fact that this uh, commander-in-chief he can't string sentences together that are written in front of him. Written in front of him. Just read them. But even the speechwriters, I mentioned it before, it, it was a, just a terrible job. It was a cut and paste thing. They had the other, they had the Ukrainian thing they had to write on the fly. Right. And then the uh, second half was just, they've had that written for weeks. And that was you know.
4: lies. The second half was all lies. All they lies. added the and 20 minutes last night. But listen, Bernard, you can't complain because as your vice president, as your vice president said yesterday, Kamala Harris, when you go to the restaurant and you order, you got what you ordered, baby. You ordered this, and you got it. That's so congratulations. Exactly right.
5: Yeah. Well, if indeed uh, it turns out that we did order it, but that's a discussion for another time. Hey, listen, the woman who gave the uh, rebuttal uh, was a governor from a Midwest state, for Iowa, but it, I, I said yesterday it was a guy. It was a woman. Her name is Kim Reynolds. And I thought she was pretty good. I mean, under those circumstances, it really, it's a no-win situation. She was boring. Right, she was boring, but the, the, no, normally they are. But she, she, she didn't embarrass herself, no. as, as others have, and it wasn't a disaster. And uh, some of the things she said, you know, really resonated. Listen to this.
7: Frankly, they are tired of the theater, where politicians do one thing when the cameras are rolling and another when they believe you can't see them. Where governors and mayors enforce mandates, but don't follow them. Where elected leaders tell their citizens to stay home while they sneak off to Florida for sun and fun. (laughs) Where they demand that your child wear a mask, but they go maskless. So you've heard the excuses. They were just holding their breath. But it's the American people who are waiting to exhale. Waiting. For the insanity
5: to stop, and she's right. No, listen, she's not oh, okay. the greatest orator. Come in on, the world.
4: give me somebody who's going to no. get pissed off after that. You just heard seventy minutes of lies.
5: At least she accepted the challenge. A lot. I know, I'm sure the reason why you got you got down to her was a lot of people said, "No, I don't want to do it." I mean, you could have Ted Cruz do it. He probably well,
4: said no. Well, uh, uh, I wish I knew that for a fact, him, old Lindsay, Because, she, and again, she didn't take a breath. Her, her voice was monotone. She didn't seem really
5: pissed off. At any I, I, point. No, I, I'm going with the substance. You're right. She's not a great orator, no. but uh, she t- she stepped I fell asleep, up, bro. I fell asleep she three she stepped up and uh, she she accepted the uh, the no win job. And uh, so anyway, why didn't you I, do it? Did I call give you <laughs> What's that? Should, how'd you do it? And speaking of us uh, sneaking off to uh, Florida, <laughs> I would be glad to do it. And I drink I drink Poland Spring with vodka in it. Uh, she mentioned sneaking off to Florida, this AOC. She was there. She had her hair done up. She did she, look good she was, last night. She, she looked, she looked good. like she, was, she she wanted to go to the club. Yeah. Uh, you know. And then she complained that when people, you know, quote, unquote, objectify her, uh, her looks and stuff like that. But anyway, she said that she wasn't happy with Joe Biden's speech. By the way, there were two uh, Democrat responses, Rashida Tlaib and somebody else. Oh, who knows? The Jew hater and some other creep. It made no news whatsoever, so whatever they said uh, was worthless. But this is what AOC said. I believe it was on CNN. Take a listen to her.
7: It definitely was a lost opportunity because the entire country does support. There is profound bipartisan support to a, long, uh, a long-term a long shift away from fossil fuels. We shouldn't be reliant on fossil fuels to begin with, and that would really solve a lot of these issues. So, you know, I think that there was, uh, there was a lot more to be desired there.
5: Fossil fuels, and this is the reason why uh, the old imbecile will not reverse the uh, Keystone pipeline uh, policy, will not drill on federal lands, will not drill for oil and pump oil, even though it would help us out in the war against uh, Russia versus Ukraine. and it, it, in fact it, it, it's funding, it's funding Russia. The fact that, that we're importing six hundred thousand barrels of oil from Russia daily, I mean that's huge amount of money since Joe Biden's energy policy came into uh came into effect the Russians have been making money hand over fist and that's what f- it's what's funding this incursion into the Ukraine uh, but the either way the MSNBC and, and and CNN they were they were gushing they were giddy over Joe Biden but on CNN at one point they couldn't spin bad poll numbers take a listen to this 18. generally
1: speaking These these are lower marks than you would expect from such a disproportionately Democratic uh, uh, audience? We've seen over the last year Joe Biden take a slide in the polls. There's no doubt about it. He obviously has been on the
11: decline. There's nothing in this speech that suggests he turned that around. Not at all.
5: Not even close. This is a blip is what it is. And uh, even Jimmy Fallon got into the act. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, the left wing comics are now starting to wake up. They're starting to get woke on the fact that we're we're being led by a total feeble vegetable. Take a listen to Fallon.
11: Well, guys, as if President Biden isn't dealing with enough right now, tomorrow he will deliver his first State of the Union address. What timing? It's like having your wedding during a hurricane, an earthquake, and a sharknado, you know? (laughs) The good news is uh, tough to come by, so half of Biden's speech is about how he finally made alcoholic Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yeah, Biden's been going through a tough time. Uh, So in order to gain support just for tomorrow, he's changing his last name to Zelensky.
5: (laughs) Changing his last name to Zelensky. And uh, this guy Zelensky, again, he's a real turning into turned into a real hero. As we talked about yesterday, galvanized world opinion over the weekend with his uh, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. And uh, he's continuing uh, to speak out on social media. Which inexplicably still exists in the Ukraine. That's I mean, I can't, unreal. I can't believe that uh, no. this 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 Putin is. I mean, maybe he's, he is out of his mind, but uh, maybe he's not as smart as people say he was. Uh, because, I think he is. Well, Elon Musk put up a, a satellite to help the uh, to help the social media, help the internet function in the Ukraine. Anyway, Zelensky said this yesterday, and this was a direct, I believe, a direct dig at uh, Joe Biden. Take a listen. I talked to President Biden many
8: times. I am very grateful to him for all the opportunities and the support. But they did not hear me. I told them that Ukraine will fight. We'll fight more than anyone else. But we, just by ourselves, left alone against Russia. We simply cannot manage. Can't do it alone. But Well, uh... oh, that's
4: a problem. You see, as tough as this guy is and as heroic as he is and as much as we love him, even my 13-year-old son, uh, he said, "I said you want to nick her." He said, "No, I want a sure shirt with Zelensky's name on it." I swear to God, he's wow. even aware. Yeah, I swear to God. But um, at the end of the day, he's going to be beat into submission. He's going to have to at some point. I think, Britt you mentioned this last night. He's going to have to at some point just relent and just uh, give up. Whatever he doesn't want to give up at this moment, there's just no way in terms of numbers, ammunition, support he can fight. So he's heroic, he's great, but what sucks is it's like watching a boxer, Bernie, and knowing full well that as game as they are, eventually they're going to get knocked out. That's Zelensky.
5: Well, yeah, you're exactly right, and that's why I asked Rich Lowry on Monday: Are we uh, guilty of giving the Ukrainians false hope? Oh,
4: you did ask that question, and now in retrospect, I have to be honest, Bernie, that was a brilliant question.
5: Right. In other words, uh, we're giving them false hope, make, making them think that they, they can win this uh, against the Russians. And uh, re- realistically, even though the Russians are, are not performing at their peak as, as as we expected them to, as they expected them themselves to do, they will eventually prevail. And uh, should they, the peace talks are continuing again today, but should they cut a deal earlier rather than later and save a lot of lives, Rich Lowry says no. I mean, it's a question that's up in the air. I don't want to be an appeaser, but I I hate to see uh, all all these unnecessary deaths in the meantime. Oh, come on. uh, Zelensky still. Listen to one more from Zelensky calling for uh, a no-fly zone. Take a listen to him.
3: As far as a no-fly zone is concerned, it would have helped a lot.
8: This is not about dragging NATO countries into war. The truth is, is everyone has long since been dragged into war and definitely not by Ukraine, but by Russia.
5: So that should send a message to them, we're not going to uh we're not going to get involved no troops no no fly zones that would drag us right into war and uh yeah this uh this you know this insurgency can go on but it's uh, these people are dying these uh, the Russians are using these uh, uh, bombs that are banned by the geneva convention that that explode and and your lungs collapse i mean these these they're like almost like uh Uh, chemical weapons, weapons of mass destruction is really, really bad. So, again, I I ask that question, are we giving the Ukrainians false hope, and should we? Or should we encourage them to to cut some sort of deal and lessen, uh, you know, the deaths and the carnage that we're going to witness in the coming days?
4: I think the answer is the latter. And uh, the one thing Biden did do right last night, the only thing he did right, the only thing he did right was at the very top, when he talked about Ukraine and Russia, he made it very, very clear, we are not sending troops over there to fight. At the end of the day, we'll do what we can, but we're not sending troops over there to fight. No, uh, Zelensky but should have heard that and said, okay, where do I sign?
5: You're not a member of NATO. Exactly right. Well, I agree with that. Uh, here on the Bernie and Sid show, look, we're going to talk to Congressman Peter King, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Congressman Peter King is coming up. Uh, We've got a lot more show left. 1-800-848-9222. we are all over the speech. We're all over the Ukraine. We're coming right back.
0: At info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.
6: Bill
1: O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, our befuddled President Joe Biden did not get much traction last night in the State of the Union Address. The essential problem is financial. Yes, everyone's worried about Ukraine and Russia, but I believe that it will subside in the weeks to come. What is not going to get better in the short term is Americans getting hurt by higher prices for just about everything. And Joe Biden caused that. Remember, under the four years Donald Trump was president, there was no significant inflation. But as soon as Biden was inaugurated, he knocked out the Keystone Pipeline. His administration put regulations on fossil fuels in all 50 states, and he cut back American fuel production. That forced people to buy oil from Putin, including the United States. We get 7% of our oil from Russia right now, and that's got to stop. Now, of course, Joe Biden should ramp up American oil production, but he will not because of the climate change warriors. I mean, did you see John Kerry lamenting that the invasion of Ukraine is going to set back climate change? Uh, Kerry, instead of lamenting the destruction of a sovereign nation and the death in the streets... He's still pushing climate change during this. It is amazing. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on.
4: On your hump day, Ash Day Wednesday here in New York City. So, my book, of course, you can pre order right now, Amazon.com, Citizens United, set to be released sometime in August, maybe September, depending on the supply chain issue. I'm not even kidding. It's supposed to be out for Father's Day, but it's backed up now a couple of months. But as you folks know, uh, Bernard McGurk wrote the forward for the book and um, made me cry. It was so good, it was funny. It was heartfelt. It was sincere. It was just perfect. I mean, just You are perfect. too kind, Sid no, Rosenberg. It was perfect. The first book I wrote 12 years ago, I miswrote the forward. It was cute but Stupid. I ended up using Audie Lang's forward instead. Yours blew all of those away. It's not even close. But I have decided Keith Hernandez did the same thing. Remember when Keith came in when he wrote his book uh, with you and I, Bernie? I do, yeah. He's the last guy I know that actually had two people write forwards for the book. And I really wanted to get John Katz and Matidis to get the forward in there too, uh, rather than just a jacket blurb. Right now, jacket blurbs, I've got folks from Peter King to Bill O'Reilly to Carton to a few others. And I thought it'd be nice to have uh, John Katz and Matidis kind of hop on your back, Bernard, and have you both write forwards because obviously you, you and I have been friends for the better part of 25 years, brothers and uh, partners and uh, going through uh, the time of our lives while at the same time going through a difficult time. And John has certainly revived our careers and given us this wonderful opportunity. So I thought it would be nice to have Bernard and John write forwards for the book. And uh, John did graciously accept. So we'll have two forwards for the book. One you've written, which, again, is perfect. And uh, now John Katsimatidis will have the same opportunity, which I'm honored to give him. And seemingly he seems honored to be given that. So,
5: Listen, uh, your relationship with him is a very, very interesting relationship. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed it. You know, from uh, not too far away, uh, yeah. you know the initial uh, w- relationship that it was, how it morphed, how it evolved into the one it is now, where you and he are such close friends. Yeah, I mean, uh, some people were saying you're Mister Katz's son, for God's
12: sake. <laughs>
4: I,
5: know. I mean, that's how close you guys have become. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a long way from when uh, Mr. Katz first took over the radio Oh, when Frank Morano
4: and Joe Vitale tell telling me he's going to fire you.
5: <laughs> right. So it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, – I can't wait to read, actually, that forward.
4: Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, yours is great already. And the book is terrific. I'm very excited about it. Very pro-Trump, all pro-Trump, very anti-Biden. And a lot of good stuff, too. A lot of stories about me and my father, me and my son Gabriel, and even sports stuff, too. Tom Brady. Uh, those types of things. Um, so it's a very, very nice book. My wife, Danielle, my daughter, Ava. One Justin Ellick note this morning. Justin Ellick, right before the show, this is unbelievable. We're sitting in the control room getting ready for the show, Bernie, talking about, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about, the music and all that. And he says to me, I swear to God, he says, quote, I'm going to start to give orders. I said, you are what? You mean take orders? Like, I'll take fries with that? What do you mean give orders? He goes, no. I am about to put my foot down. I'm about to start giving orders. Now.
10: That turned you on, though.
4: It Whoa. was hot. It was hot. But what, what do you mean by that? I'm just like, for me and Bernie, just just to kind of fill us in, we are the hosts
10: of the show. What do you mean that you're going to start to give orders? You have you have zero authority on this show. Zero. Like, yeah, I want to hear this. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, there wasn't really anything behind it. I mean, it was, I think it was more... Um, you know, I'm saying we're going to usher Lou on, onto the board here in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll That's let, him, fine, let right. him do 8 to 10, and I'll, I'll assume my, uh, my full-on 100 oh, so, yes, position me. as EVP. And, right, uh, uh,
4: whatever that is, sure. So, yeah. so Bernie, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving Justin I'm like a death banger. I'm annoying the hell out of him as he's writing his, his uh, sports update. And he goes, Sid, Lou Rafino is here now. You get to annoy him in the morning. Lou is a Hall of Famer. He's been doing this for 30 years. He goes down in history as miss is board up. He's above and beyond that. You're still in the – it's like a frat. You know what I'm saying?
5: Right, right, of course. Does yeah. that make sense, Bernie? Listen, uh, yeah, Justin Ellick, uh, honestly, although he is uh, a person, an individual, a young man beyond his years <laughs> – He's only 25 years old. 26, he's, uh, 26, 26. He's damn near uh, an intern, for God's sake. <laughs> the only
6: orders that Justin gives out is he politely asks me to get him coffee every now and then. That's it's it. It's not polite. That's it. It's, it's not, not polite. even polite, right? No. He's got to toughen up. He give give me an example
10: of an order you would give to the
4: birdie. Well, listen,
6: I'm,
10: I'm not naive. I understand that the, that, that this com- this is a learning experience for me. I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of learn as I go, and I'll settle into the role nicely. Well, but give, me yes. a, give me
4: an example. Of
10: I'm going to start yelling at you. What? Like profusely.
3: It <laughs>
5: took so long. Yeah,
10: I'm gonna I'm gonna start you know belittling you right like you do I right live on the air here. Sure. And then uh you know you'll get a taste of your own medicine. You, you thought it was cute
4: for a little while because it made you famous. I mean, literally two months ago, no one knew who you are Now people know Justin Ellik. You actually walk around town going, I'm Justin Ellik. But now you're starting to get angry. Now it's like, don't
10: pick on me. Well, listen, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm big time now. <laughs> I, mean, but, I would never talk. But, listen, I, I, I would never talk down to Burn. This this doesn't apply to Burn, right? Of course not. This is, right. this is only for you. you because, well, okay. okay.
5: Yeah, I guess he's looking for revenge. He's got a little <laughs> exactly, bit of uh, exactly, A little Bernie. bit juice now. A little promotion, and uh, oh my god! Yeah, he doesn't forget. Uh, you know, I mean it, that's that's the way it goes. So. It'll be an interesting uh, tenure for him as executive <laughs> yeah, producer.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. i will see think, how long it lasts. I've already been suspended once. But, right? I mean, they reinstated me right away. But, yeah. Yeah. Somebody
4: you know. actually sent me a text yesterday. Did you really suspend and or fire Justin Alec today? And I said, yes, I did. Uh, but you're back this morning, so <laughs> maybe I don't have that much yeah, power it, either. I don't think it's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Justin Alec, you are uh, very, very funny. And we love having you on the show. We do. You tend you ten, you ten to be funny sometimes as well. <laughs> Bernie even likes you. Like, for real. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, cause no, Bernie, Bernie says things to people because Bernie's a very nice guy. See, Bernie's a nicer person than I am. Um, we're both sensitive, good people, but he's a nicer guy. He doesn't want to hurt
10: your feelings. I don't care. Uh, but I will tell you that off the air, Bernie actually does like you. Well, and I appreciate that from Bern. I will say that uh, while I do appreciate the respect that both of you have shown me, yeah. Bernie's respect um, means is, more. Is, is, yes, sure. it, means, it means more.
5: I, well, right. I, listen, I respect his <laughs> work ethic. Douchebag, he's big. You know? Work ethic, dependability. <laughs> he's an
6: idiot. Stop and it, he's very likable. Oh, please. As we're seeing right now, Bernie's respect for Justin also comes more often <laughs> than since. <laughs>
4: uh-huh. Listen, I give him tough love. Bernie has his own stuff going on. And to be honest, he doesn't have time to waste with your nonsense,
10: I'm giving you tough love. Well, little do you know, I I love to be smacked around. <laughs>
5: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. TMI. uh Oh boy, TMI. Oh
10: Congressman Peter King
4: is uh, coming up next. Next hour, Rob Astorino, gubernatorial hopeful on the Republican side. Now, I think yesterday Bernard they nominated Lee Zeldin. Yes. Uh,
5: at the at the convention at yes. the Democrat convention. No, the Republican, I mean the Republican convention. convention out of Nassau County. I'm not sure who yeah, they Yeah, I think nominate. we do
4: have that. Let's go to Deb Valentine live right now at the news desk with the latest. Am I right in that, Deb?
5: No, they can't nominate. The primary is, is, is
4: what uh, dictates
7: he, who gets nominated. But hold on. He is, he is the party nominee of choice.
4: Congressman Lee Zeldin. Yeah, so uh, so what they do with these conventions, uh, Bernie, is it's not an official nomination, but they give the party the choice from the party, and Lee Zeldin got that yesterday, much like Kathy Hochul got at the Democrat convention here in New York City two weeks
5: ago. Okay, I see that. But, uh, you know, a lot can change between now and June when the actual primary vote takes place. So uh, we'll talk to Astorino. That's interesting. We'll talk to Astorino about just that.
4: I know. It's funny because you've been with Rob and I've been with Lee from the very beginning. And then every time we bring on Andrew Giuliani, you and I are like, oh, my God, maybe we ought to pick this kid.
5: Uh, you know, all three of those guys are really good choices. They really are. So it's a tough, it's a tough one, honestly. It um, really is.
4: Yeah. And don't forget uh, the great
5: Harry Wilson. What? Hello. <laughs> Harry Wilson. Get him out. Alvin Bragg's uh, yeah. B-word.
4: Exactly, Get him uh, out. Exactly. Hey! Hey! hey, 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 hey. hey. If you wanna be the rest of your life,
5: just to make a brand new one for your Go for my Personal, personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. you Back you here on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh that's that's deep, yo, that's deep right there. Uh listen, we are heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, your computers at WABCradio.tv. And
4: you can also read about us in today's New York Post on page 20. We are the number one, number one Nielsen-rated news talk show host, a uh, uh, show, I should say, here in New York with ratings that are nearing a six host.
5: Wow, check that out. Page 20, you say, Sydney, in the New York Post? Page
4: 20, color ad, today's New York Post. Look at Brian that. said number one in New York.
5: Look at that. And in no small uh, order, uh, it, it, helpful helping us get those ratings is the following guest here, yes. a, a statesman from, from Long Island, former Congressman Peter King, great guy, a smart guy, a colleague of ours here on 77 WABC. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning, Congressman King.
9: Good morning, Good morning Bernie. Always great to hear your voice. And uh, you and Sid, you're right that you guys are the number one show. I'm proud to be a small part of it, and you guys are terrific, and again, I'm you know, most people are probably tired of hearing me say this. Everywhere I go, people ask me, how's Bernie and Sid? How are mm-hmm. they? What are they really like? <laughs> and I say, well, Bernie's really a nice
6: guy.
4: <laughs> That's, That's funny. Nice. Uh, you know, what's funny about that, Peter, is that I used to get that question all the time. I mean this, about yeah. Imus and Mike Brancessa. They're like... How is Imus in real life? How is Frances in real life? So it's kind of surreal that all these years later, Bernie and Sid are number one in New York. And we're getting the same questions. You're getting the same questions. I got me years about those types of guys.
9: No, I, I tell you the program goes over so well because whether people agree or disagree on every issue, they know where you're coming from. They uh, they share your backgrounds of you know working class people, hard working people, people who don't take any BS, and they love the show. I mean, they probably agree with you 90% of the time. But even when they don't, they understand where you're coming from and they appreciate your honesty and your directness. So Thank just you know, just keep it going. That's all. Thank you. Thank I you. I
5: like what I hear, Congressman. King. We are New York. That's what we are. New York, yeah. the unvarnished truth. The uh, truth. With an F at the end. Listen, Congressman <laughs> King, uh, Last uh, we'll get to uh, the Ukraine in a bit. Uh, if you don't mind, we'll start with uh, the State of the Union speech yeah. last night. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, uh, a lot of times he seemed to be uh, – well, he, we, he dropped out of the race in uh, 88, the presidential race, because of plagiarism. Last night he seemed to be plagiarizing Donald Trump's America First movement, you know, talking about funding police, make it in America, secure the border, ironically. I mean, ironically – uh, 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 insultingly, he actually said that uh, last night. Your thoughts on uh, Biden's State of the Union speech last night?
9: Yeah, I thought it was really weak and ineffective. And I'm saying that not even as a Republican or as a conservative. But to me, he made no point that he should have made. There was nobody who, who listening to that speech afterwards who was among you know the 55 percent who, who was saying he's doing a bad job. is going to say, God, I was wrong. This guy's really a good president. There was nothing he said that would justify his presidency. Uh, and again, you're right, the only time he had any good applause lines is when he stole them from Donald Trump. And the whole thing with the police really did bother me. I heard you guys talking about it before. Yeah. But when he used the two police officers who were murdered in New York and somehow used them as an entree to him going in, talking about what a strong supporter of the cops he is. Listen, listen, the whole Democratic campaign in 2020 was based on defunding the cops. I mean, what was going on in the streets of New York and uh, Washington, D.C., and Seattle, Portland, all of that was an absolute disgrace. And the only thing I really recall, the only person who had a real strong position was Kamala Harris, who was going to bail out. the ones that. And also, I mean, he came to New York, he didn't go to the funeral. Somebody listening to that would have thought he was at the funeral. That's right. And as you said before, there's such a thing as a dramatic moment from those funerals, and the funerals are absolutely majestic. But the dramatic point was uh, when the widow blasted D.A. Bragg. For, uh, you know, cutting people loose, for not refusing prosecutors That was the most dramatic moment of all. And he didn't say a word about bail reform, about cutting them loose, yeah. about the horrible job the prosecutors are doing, or about the fact that you know, 75% of the victims in these shooting cases are African Americans, the people that the riots of 2020 were supposed to be protecting. So, no. When it came to the cops, he was absolutely useless. As far as the economy, I didn't know where he was. He was going all over the place all this about buy America, buy America. Well, you know, when Donald Trump said buy America, and when Donald Trump said America first, he said he was a fascist. You know, Joe Biden now is sort of wrapping himself in the Trump mantle, but doing absolutely nothing to back it up. It was just all in all, in all a very weak, Weak performance.
4: Uh, Could not have said it better. Just perfect there, Peter. And like you said, he lied. You know, again, he showed up on a Thursday when Morris' funeral was the day before Wednesday. He could have been there for that. And, yes, Rivera's wife, I mentioned the same thing last hour. She came out and said the system failed us. That system is put in place by Joe Biden on a national level. Do want to ask you, though, about what the pregame talk was about and whether you think it was realistic to use it last night, a lot of the pregame guys were talking about, hey, Biden should come out tonight and apologize. Just apologize. Say, listen, I got it wrong. You know, I, uh, I'm sorry about inflation. I'm sorry about the uh, supply chain thing. I should have done a better job on the border. Now, when I was listening to it, I said to myself, come on, you really expect the president of the United States to come out and talk to the world and say I'm sorry? But then it started to resonate with me. Like, you know what? Maybe if he said that and said, here's our chance to reset and spend the next three years working together, it made a little bit of sense. What are your thoughts on folks saying he should have apologized last night instead of taking credit for nothing?
9: Well, he should have, but he couldn't possibly, because that's the base of the Democratic Party. I mean, when you look at both the economy and foreign policy, one of the key, not just mistakes, but disastrous mistakes, was the uh, uh, shutting down the pipeline, doing all he can to frustrate uh, drilling for oil and energy, Uh, You we were an energy exporter, and now we're uh, energy dependent. We are subsidizing the war in uh, Ukraine by subsidizing the Russian economy and the Russian uh, military by all the barrels of oil we're buying from Russia. But that goes right to the heart. That is what AOC stood for. That is the first, as far as I recall, the first thing he did as president was to shut down the pipeline. And that is a main cause of inflation. That is a main cause why Russia was able to be aggressive. But it wasn't just a mistake. It was something he intentionally did. I mean, that's what they wanted him to do. Listen, you can always make a mistake on a policy. But this was done with malice and forethought. They had to know what this was going to do to the American economy, to the American worker. But it's a sacrifice they're willing to make to satisfy their dream and John Kerry's dream of all this climate change control and everything else. So, yeah, if he was being honest, if he was being a real president, he would say, hey, listen, this was a noble venture, but it's, this isn't the time for it. We can't afford it right now, and we're going to reverse costs. But, no, he can't say that because, uh, again, he's, he doesn't have the guts to stand up to the progressive left wing of his party.
5: To somebody like uh, a, a really uh, an intellectual lightweight like AOC. He is afraid of her, and it really is, I don't know, it's a real sad state of affairs when uh, the, the commander-in-chief is afraid of a Queens congresswoman who was a bartender like three years ago. But Congressman King... Let us segue to uh, the Ukraine situation, Russia invading. I was talking to Sid about it early on. Uh, Look, they're putting up a valiant fight. Uh, This guy Zelensky has showed, uh, you know, great courage, resiliency. And he's galvanized, really, world opinion to uh, support Ukraine. Uh, You know, uh, pro-Ukraine sentiment is out there all over the place. Nobody is down with Putin, nor should they be. But my question is this. Uh, are we giving the Ukrainians false hope? I mean, inevitably, they're going to lose to uh, Putin because of sheer numbers and equipment, etc., cetera, et cetera. I mean, what do you think we should be doing? I mean, we'll get, we're sending them stingers, we're sending them javelin uh, missiles. What do you think we should be doing? Or should we be trying to facilitate some sort of peace before too many people die?
9: I don't know if you can facilitate peace. That, I, I think, is what Zelensky believes. That any agreement with Russia would just be a, uh, a sugar coating. That within weeks and months, when uh, the eyes of the world are somewhere else and everyone's congratulating themselves on the peace agreement that was worked out, that Russia would just be clamping down more, more than ever before. So I think that was, I, I think uh, Zelensky believes if he could get a deal that was honorable, a deal where uh, Russia could be trusted, where there could be people there to enforce it. I think he would take it. I think he's uh, enough of a patriot to realize that you can't fight to the last man if it's uh, not going to achieve anything. But I think in this case, he believes there's no way you can trust Putin. And, yeah, everyone is supporting uh, the uh, Ukrainians now. But once, you know, the lights go out, once uh, there's a big peace agreement signed six months or a year from now, I think Putin will be more of a uh, uh, brutalitarian than ever before. I think that's what Zelensky sees now. uh, You know, you don't want to be playing politics with other people's lives. I think the worst thing that could happen to Russia, though, would be if they do win, whatever that means in Ukraine. There's no way they can occupy that country. They would have to double and triple the number of troops they have there now. It would bankrupt their economy, and the Ukrainians will never give up. They will be killing Russian soldiers for as long as uh, soldiers are there. So this this is really no win. There's no win at all possible here for Putin. It's unfortunate that so many innocent, hardworking, Patriotic Ukrainians may die in the meantime. I think we have to flood them with all the weapons they could possibly use and also send the word that we will support them underground, do whatever we have to do to keep a resistance movement uh, against the uh, Russians at all levels. But in the end, it's up to Zelensky. He's the elected official. He's the one deciding. I don't think we should be saying, hey, we're going to hold the coast, and you guys fight. If Zelensky honestly believes that there is an opportunity for an agreement, yeah, we should support him. I mean, it's easy for, you know, you know, for us to you know, sit in the bar and watch two guys fight on television. <laughs> and that's just, to me, not right. But they're the ones making this decision. I mean, uh, you know, Biden did offer Zelensky the opportunity to get out. And he said yeah, he doesn't need a ride; He needs weapons. So uh, in many ways, it's like, uh, you know, Demopoli, uh, you know, 300 men and three men just standing yeah. there, uh, manning the ramparts against this evil empire. But uh, no, I agree with you. It's going to be very, very tough. And the fact that he's using cluster bombs, I mean, these are really crimes against humanity that's being carried out right now by Putin. But if the people want to fight and their leader wants to stand there with them and put his life on the line, we shouldn't tell them they can't. But if, if Zelensky should call tomorrow and say, hey, I think I can work out this deal, it's going to protect 70 percent of the country, and there's going to be no more executions or murders, then sure, we should support him. But I just don't see... Uh, Putin agreeing to that. I, I do think he's gone over the edge. I'm no psychological expert, but my uh, to me, the analysis on Putin was he's ruthless, he's bloody, he, he's, he's totally immoral, but He's not crazy. I think now he's going to force that line into a form of insanity. I think you're right. But
4: I think you're also right in that it'll be difficult even just to Ukraine. So the thought of him moving even more west, you know, Poland, any one of these NATO countries, I think, is is, uh, silly. I don't think he'll do that. But let's get back to Donald Trump for a second because I've got MSNBC on in the newsroom, Peter, just outside the studios, which you know very well all morning long. And the scroll I was read all morning, John Bolton was a guest on MSNBC. And Bolton was saying yesterday, Donald Trump didn't even know where the Ukraine was. Well, who gives a rat's ass whether that's true or not? The fact is, people weren't dying in the streets of Ukraine when President Trump was the president. So now you got the liberal media out there taking shots at Trump. When, in fact, we know for a fact when he was the president, this wasn't going on. China wasn't floating with taking over Taiwan. North Korea wasn't firing missiles into the middle of the sea. So, I mean, they, they have to ask John Bolton for something to get it. Donald Trump when, in fact, we had world peace?
9: Yeah, well, listen, first of all, John Bolton, I've known John Bolton over the years. He has a personal problem with Donald Trump. That's between the two of them. But, no, listen, on, on Ukraine... Ukraine was invaded when Obama was the president. I remember the president of Ukraine, Karoshenko came to the United States. We met with him. He begged. He begged for defensive weapons. That's all he wanted. He said, we're begging for bullets, and Obama gave us blankets. But Obama would not give them one bullet to defend themselves. When Donald Trump came in, he did give them the anti-tank weapons. He did give them defensive weapons. But should he give them more? Maybe. But the fact is, Obama gave them nothing. Trump gave them the weapons, and that one inch of Ukrainian soil was lost. When Donald Trump was president, China made no, uh, no moves on Taiwan. There was no aggression against Western interests. And, in fact, we saw in the, middle, in, in the Middle East, you had all these Arab countries moving away from Iran, supporting Israel, standing with the United States. So in every part of the world, if Donald Trump didn't know where he was, he certainly did a good job <laughs> making sure that you know war didn't mm-hmm. break out and right. that no, not one inch of soil was lost to, to any enemy force.
5: And he also shamed uh, uh, these European countries into paying yeah. their fair share, and he strengthened NATO, which hurt Putin. He also made us energy independent, which hurt yep. Putin, which lowered oil prices, which hurt Putin. I will ask you one last question on the way out to Congressman King. This is, a, you know, a, a brass tack, a technical question. The idea of a no-fly zone, a lot of people say, hey, at, at the very least we should do a no-fly zone. I believe that would lead us straight into World War Three. What do you think?
9: Yeah, I would love to see a no-fly zone, but in reality, if you start shooting down Russian planes at this time, it is going to be World War III. I just don't think that can be done at this time, and it should be done. To me, it should not be done, but I I understand the motive. I understand the inspiration for it, but uh, I also, though, say the inspiration we're getting uh, from the Ukrainians. Maybe it's a wake-up call. You find Sweden and Switzerland and Finland and all these countries wanting to get engaged. uh, To me, what he has done, what Zelensky has done in uh, Ukraine is more – what he's done in one week is more than Joe Biden has done in 37 years.
4: Peter King, you're a big sports fan uh, like I am. I know this Uh is uh, pretty – Silly comparing it to Ukraine, Russia, or that speech last night, but we're both diehard Met fans. Baseball had an opportunity yesterday. They did not get it done. I don't want to hear from billionaire owners, millionaire players. I'm sick of it. I want to watch Max Scherzer pitch in Queens, but at this point I'm getting nauseous from these guys. What about you?
9: Yeah, really heartbroken. Uh, in fact, my son had arranged, we had tickets to the Braves game on April 5th. Oh. And, you know, he's getting much older, I'm getting much older. But one thing that binds generations together is a baseball game. Yep. And the thought of the children being in a game, watching the Mets and the Braves, we were you know, really looking forward to it. And with everything else going in the world, you're right. That would have been our sanctuary. That would have been our uh, oasis away from the war and from all the trouble going on, and from Joe Biden and inflation and everything else. No, and again, is, you, know, you can say what you want about the NFL, the NBA, all that. No sport, to me, brings families together the way baseball does. It really spans generations. So, no, get out there and play. I mean, it's hard to feel sorry. You know, some guys out there... You know, living on $10 an hour, and these right. guys are making, you know, $10,000 a game. Right, you know, $10,000 a pitch.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad look. It is bad. Peter, uh, as always, not, not a good appearance, a great appearance. We love you. And as we celebrate our number one Nielsen ratings in New York today, as you, you said, you're a, a small part of it. You're not. You're a major part of it. So thank you so much for hopping on today and all the work you do every week on Bernie and Sid.
9: Thank you, Sid. And Bernie, keep punching. You sound better than ever.
5: You're a real kind gentleman. As as kind as you are, a great statesman. Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid Show, we thank you very, very much. On the Bernie and Sid Show, we're coming right back.
4: three, the second half of the Hump Day Ash Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. I'm looking across the glass, Bernie, and there's no Connell McShane to my left. There's no Fat Rob Bartlett to the left of Connell McShane. There's no Tony sitting in front of me. But to look across the glass and see, for the first time now, Lou Rafino actually running the board brings back wonderful memories of Lou, but more importantly, Twenty plus years of horror.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll add to your twenty plus years, a uh, thirty plus years. Oh
11: my god! For yeah, what's, what? What's twenty coming from? Well, that's me. I was only there for oh.
4: eighteen. I was on and yeah. off for eighteen. Bernie had thirty. How many years uh, did you work with? So time? did Lou. Same I, thing, I, right?
11: Just short of thirty. Just short. Did you start yeah, the you, same day, Bernie? You and Lou? No,
5: together? no. As a matter of fact, uh, no. let me let me just say we were we we came from WNBC. The first time I met Lou. Uh, Imus, myself, and Charles McCord, we traveled over to WFAN in Astoria, which was in a dump, uh, <laughs> in a basement in a dump. We le- we left 30 Rock, and we went over to Astoria in this basement. And that's the first time we met Lou. Lou was working at WFAN pre-Imus, pre, uh, si- uh, pre-770. Oh. And, uh, you know, he was sitting there on a the desk with Mark Chernoff, who, by the way, texted me yesterday. I love you, Mark. I'll text you back today.
11: All right, Cherny.
5: Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Lou was sitting there. And he looked like this, uh, you know, sixteen-year-old redhead, uh, you know, Ron Howard kid. Yeah, still does. And, and that was the beginning of the relationship. Uh, that, that was that was the late '80s, and uh, shortly after that, we actually moved from Thirty Rock to this, uh, this, uh, this messy, messy roach-infested uh, office down at the Kaufman Astoria Studios. Yeah, you, and
11: you should have seen that the three of them walked in that first day, Bernard had one of those legal pads. Uh-huh. Okay, he was walking around. He was more businesslike than uh, you'll ever see him again. Right. And I miss Charles. Were in there, <laughs> And Charles looked like he was going to get his last meal. Uh, I That was,
4: was every day. And I'll tell you what's, and- what's funny is I made the, the move over to Hudson Street because Mark Chernoff allowed me to still fill in at WFAN even after I got fired. So I made the move to Hudson Street. And I have to tell you, uh, Bernie and Lou, Unlike the old place, this is a very business-like place. It's like an office building down by Hudson and, um, I guess, by Varick Street. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. you mentioned the older place, and there was mold on the ceiling. Remember, Imus would complain about the mold and there were leaks, and the, the was ceiling terrible. was caving in. It, but yet, it was terrible. But you have to admit, it was a very intimate setting,
5: and it worked. No, now, no, I, no, no, no. I'm saying that this was day one, so we thought yeah. it was all over. We're leaving oh. NBC. Imus was uh, recently... He came out of a rehab. We thought it was over, and that's gotcha. why that 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 was our attitude. That was our demeanor. Gotcha. When I met Lou that day, we're like, "We're coming here, and uh, oh, this is this is not going to last." It was, it was. And it turned shock. out to be, the be turned out to be the beginning of a uh, greatness. Actually, we I mean, we turned everything around once we went over to WFAN, in large part uh, thanks to Lou Rafino who's manning the board uh, that's this nice. morning. That's true. Uh, it is true. It true. is true. It's and not. the
4: last time it's I not. saw Lou five years ago, he was wearing that same velvet underground shirt he's wearing right now.
5: He has not changed an iota.
4: No, he's got all these T-shirts of, like, bands that are, like, you know. Right. That you, <laughs>
5: yeah. And you know what's most refreshing? The other day when we were speaking with him, he did not know who, who Zelensky was. I love that. He what? did? Come on.
11: I did. No, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, you did now? Yeah. He's the shooting guard right now. He's got an Right, right, he's got that, a right that's, the that's, that's the Lou Ruffino right, I'm talking about. Right. He's the guy. About. I knew who's the last
4: No, he, he knows. He, cause he, well, you did come from a, uh, the political show with uh, Riedel and uh, Berman, so you had to know that type of stuff. <laughs> no,
11: hey. I came from before that with Imus. With Imus, Hey, listen, Lou,
5: were you actually their board op yep. or over there? Oh yep. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. So, And when when was the last time you uh, uh, ran the board for him?
11: It was Friday, last Friday. No kidding. Oh my god, last Friday.
5: did they know you were making this move?
11: Yes. Well, they didn't know where I was coming here. Right. Uh-huh. I right. wouldn't. I, it never came out of my mouth uh-huh. because I just wanted to leave and not burn a bridge. Oh, you burned it now. Not that I'm going back. <laughs> you burned <laughs> it now. Oh, right. Yeah. Now it's all I done. mean, if you, want, if you went to WBC and ran John Katsimatini's show, you're running the competition. Yeah, right.
4: The morning show.
11: But that's what the last murmurings were when I was given my notice. So, Lou, well, you're, yeah. you're not going to competition. <laughs> right. I just want to ask uh, uh, formality <laughs> oh well, or, dr- 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 you know, is there TC? Term? Tom Cuddy, the great Tom Cuddy. I know TC. It. I know. I know.
4: Listen, I like Tom. Gave me met tickets years and years ago, no, but that's he's, why you like him. He, but he's a pussy. He had a chance higher hire Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, whatever, uh, whatever. Anyway, uh it is fun seeing <laughs> you, know?
11: you. Just burned the continent. Not <laughs> even. Oh, I care. I'm not
4: going over. Listen, we know. I signed a lifetime deal. I mean this. I signed a lifetime deal with Cat. I'm never leaving this place. if I give you tickets. Well, what no. kind of ticket are you talking about?
11: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what's that?
4: So anyway, uh, Lou is running the board, literally running the board, which is really, really exciting here in the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. And I do want to remind you folks that if you talk about the great John Katz and Matidis, go by the New York Post today, go to page 20. You're going to see a color ad, page 20, promoting the Bernie and Sid in the morning and stating the fact that we are the number one news talk show in New York City Number one morning show with ratings nearing a six. Number one Nielsen rated show in New York. Bernie and Sid, I want you folks to go out by the New York Post, take a picture with that exact page, and tag us on Instagram at it's Bernie and Sid, at it's Bernie and Sid, and at seventy seven WABC Radio at seventy seven WABC Radio. Before we get to our and last by the r- way,
5: Sid, one more yeah. tag real and Berman as well. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I do love that. You know, That's funny. laughs. That's funny. And before we get to last night, just to reiterate something we talked about earlier this morning, me and Bernie, uh, both Bernie and I spoke to Joe Esposito yesterday, the uh, former chief of police. You heard Bo Dietl on the show yesterday talking about his wife. We were under the impression when we got off the air yesterday that she was doing fine, doing better. Uh, actually, Joe sent pictures to me and Bernie of his wife smiling and feeling good. And as it turned out, he didn't know this. But she had an aneurysm that did burst, and she passed away after the show was over yesterday, 11 o'clock yesterday morning. So once again, we want to send our condolences, Bernard, out to Joe Esposito.
5: Shocking. Nothing should have shocking. Uh, They were very optimistic. He was. And uh, he is so so in love with uh, this woman who he's been married to for a long time. He always referred to her, uh, even, you know, as recently as last week, as his bride oh, yeah. that's my my bride says this my bride says that yeah. you know that's how much in love he was so uh, yeah he's uh, he's heartbroken this morning and uh, you know big time condolences he's really such a good man such a strong old school tough guy but uh, Heart of gold, I got to tell you. Just a heart of gold, Joe Esposito. So we love you, Joe.
4: We do. Okay, so before we get to Lydia Reports coming up next, then gubernatorial hopeful Rob Astorino. This is about the last couple of minutes. We can uh, play some of the stuff from last night before the 9 o'clock hour. That's what I recommend we do here, Bernard. But folks that did not watch last night because they knew you and I would cover it, why don't you take over and give us some of the highlights or lowlights from last night's Joe Biden State of the Union?
6: Well,
5: let's, uh, you know, for the hell of it, uh, the, the plagiarism part of it, uh, the fact that uh, Joe, as I mentioned, Congressman Peter King, he dropped out of the presidential race in 1988 because uh, of plagiarism. He stole uh, parts, large parts of a speech from a guy named Neil Kinnock, got busted, dropped out. Anyway, last night, he he, bust, he stole a, a, a large parts of uh, Donald Trump's agenda, America
8: First agenda, and here is an example of that. Cut one. Most Americans... And most of the country can now go mask free. You can end the shutdown of schools and businesses. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. When we use taxpayers' dollars to rebuild America, we're going to do it by buying America. The American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind.
5: Left no one behind, so... Make it in America, except, of course, it's energy. uh, But that is, uh, you know, lock, stock, and barrel, America first. These guys, uh, you know, experiencing what some are calling an election year conversion. They're looking at the polls. Fund the police. Fund, 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 he said at the end of one rant. Fund, fund, fund. Exact opposite of what he was saying and his people were saying. Uh, Just months ago, mere months ago, they got religion. It backfired on them. They're hurting. And he wants us to forget all about it. Speaking of higher gas prices, this is what he said play cut three on his solution to uh, high gas prices.
8: Tonight, I can announce the United States has worked with 30 other countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from reserves around the world. America will lead that effort, releasing 30 million barrels of our own strategic petroleum reserves. And we stand ready to do more if necessary.
5: So uh, he's going to release oil from the strategic oil reserves. Instead of uh, uh, uncanceling the Keystone Pipeline and drilling on federal uh, lands, drilling and pumping oil. In other words, unleash our energy potential. It's underneath the ground in the United States. We can do it. We are right now importing 600,000 barrels of oil from Russia every day. We are funding, if you drove your car today... You are funding that Russian invasion into uh, you, into the Ukraine right now. Wow! And this uh, strategic—yes, that's right. Media. You on Interstate Two Eighty Seven uh, uh, up in uh, Westchester County? No, or no, no, out, no. Well, Luke is getting jealous. you are trying to do the. Traffic. Twenty-seven by the roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying the Garden State Parkway, the Merritt Parkway, the, the Long Island Parkway. Expressway, yeah. the Meadow Brook. You are funding this Russian incursion into the Ukraine. Wow! This massacre because of Joe Biden. He will not uh, allow us to be energy independent. And this idea, this notion of tapping into the strategic oil reserves, that's for an emergency. That's for when the Russians are off the shore, the coast of Long Island. Right. And they're about to invade, and we need oil in a bad way. We need fuel. That's what you use that for. And he mentioned it's 30 million barrels is what he's going to unleash, what he's going to, to uh, tap into, 30 million barrels. We use 20 million barrels a day now. You're talking about a day and a half. It's so stupid and so short-sighted, these idiots. And then, of course, uh, let's move on to uh, when Joe Biden talked about placing a, a, a uh, uh, you know the flag, flag-draped coffins. Uh, somebody screamed out, listen, this is cut number, this is cut number, Louie, cut number 12. Biden talking about flag-draped coffins. And, and to her credit, she screamed something out. Take a listen to this.
8: I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 40 times. So These what? burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world, never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. 13th. One of, those, one of those soldiers of those. Good for her. All son right, in, uh, your son, no, who no, who <laughs> was that again, Bernie?
5: keeps invoking his son. That was Lauren Boebert, oh, right, Cong- right. congresswoman from uh, Colorado. The gun toter. The gun toter, yeah, no, 13 of them. He never mentioned Afghanistan. Nope. Good for her for screaming that out. 13, you are responsible for it. That was one of the, the darkest moments of your administration. Lastly, Kamala Harris, and I know there's context to this, But it really doesn't matter. Kamala Harris, this is Cut 30, Lou. Let's play this quickly, you know, for laughs, because uh, it's just that good. Kamala talking about uh, explaining the Ukraine conflict like a fourth grader. Cut 29 is what it is. Cut 29. Play that. So
3: Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. <laughs> Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So, basically that's wrong.
4: Basically that's wrong. That's a very very bad thing.
5: So, you know, this is somebody has <laughs> to explain it in layman terms. Right. And she explained it in really uh, toddler terms. Dr.
4: Seuss. And that's and her hot.
5: and that 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 only uh, displays her mindset. Yeah. How how simple she thinks because that's what she thinks, and that's what she conveyed right there. They're going to play this till the cows come home, and they should, because she's a lightweight who, by the way, slept away to the top in California politics, and now is a heartbeat away from the presidency.
4: And the, and the worst vice president, clearly, in the history of the country. It is uh, a funny man hearing uh, Bernie say, hey, Lou, play cut 12. I don't want people to know, though, because I'm getting text messages from folks. Uh, they want about Justin Alec. Justin is going to stay on the show. He's not going anywhere. Oh, no, really?
11: You yes. didn't tell me that oh. either. Oh, you guys thought he was gone? <laughs> no, I, I I said, actually, thank God he's staying. No, he's That's staying. He, he, he's he's
4: going to produce the show. He's oh. great on the air, great on the air. So while Lou is uh, now running the board, Justin uh, is still a very valuable member of the show. They put on his mic just now and ruined the whole segment. So.
10: <laughs> you want to say something on the way out of here? No, not really. I'm just happy to be here. All right, well, happy to the, have uh, you, too. Now I'm on the uh I'm adjacent. I'm on the adjacent side right. of the glass. Right, you're a big markle, right? Well, so, you're, a, you're a suit. Right, that's what he is, basically a suit. And I'm and getting a uh, really good look at the left side of Sid's face, and to be honest, I'm <laughs> underwhelmed.
12: Oh, really? Yeah.
10: This is how it's going to start today. Here's how we're well, going. When's your next appointment at Dolce?
12: Next Friday. Oh, my God. Okay. You, see,
4: you hear this, Bernie? Uh, he, you hear this? He hit your Achilles heel. I know. There. He went right to the face. He uh, your looks. Uh, I did get a text or from Joe Esposito. I wanted you and I to know, Bernard, that this year, 53 years of marriage to his beloved Chris. So once again, our love and condolences. Rest in peace, Chris Esposito. Would have been married 53 years. Lydia Reports and Rob Astrino coming up next on this Ash Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid.
1: This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani.
13: Well, crime continues to spiral out of control in New York City, and our legal system does nothing about it a perfect example of just how crappy things have gotten. Do you know that? Remember that guy that smeared the feces on the woman? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, he was arraigned. uh,
5: East 241st Street uh, in the Bronx.
13: Right. She's a 43-year-old woman. She was sitting there on the platform, the two train, and a guy just walks up to her, white supremacist, and smeared a bag of poop all over her, made sure to get it all up in her hair. So he was arraigned late last night. The guy has 44 priors On him, Many of those priors were recent violent assaults, and he's been allowed to roam free. So last night, guess what? The Bronx judge, she didn't hold him. The district attorney actually asked for either $5,000 cash or $15,000 bond, and the judge said, listen, I don't have any depositions. I I can't hold him. Can you believe this? I can't hold him. But thank God, thank God, Brooklyn detectives were there to pick him up for a hate crime. He's a suspect in a hate crime in Brooklyn. And, you, and it makes you wonder, is that because Mayor Adams, you know, he knows all the cops in Brooklyn. Maybe that was like kind of like the fail safe. Listen, if the judge lets him go free, you better grab him as a suspect for this crime or I don't know. But how could funny. a judge are, allow yeah, somebody yeah, to go just- free?
4: You're just looking, looking well, for something to give Eric Adams credit for. No, <laughs> no, because just, no, just no, no, because
13: it would make Eric Adams look really bad if a guy who smeared poop on somebody and had 44 arrests was allowed to roam free. No, I well, mean that, that would that, make is, the-
5: that is a result of the no cash bail law. That judge doesn't have the discretion legally to keep that guy. That's what she, he or she is saying.
13: That's what that she ju- said. She th- said she
5: doesn't have it. Yeah, Exactly. And, and for- that, that is, her hands are, are tied. You can't blame the judge on this. No, you can't. You have to blame Carl Heasty, You have to blame Kathy Hochul. And Cousins. You have to blame Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Right. That's and, right. And,
4: and then, of course, when your guy Eric Adams, who you continue to try to, look, uh, to, try to make look better than he really is, went up huh. there and tried to you know do the right thing, they yelled at him. And he meekly, Mr. Armacop for 20 years, stuck his tail between his legs, shut the door behind him, came back to New York, and did dick. That's the bottom line. So, right. and, and the
13: suspect it. even yelled at the judge. He got upset. He screamed at her and he said, why are you guys making me wait so long? He got really combative and belligerent. And, I mean, oh my I, God. I, these how could need the to DA be... not upcharge him? How could they not remand him? Forget about a fi- even $5,000 bail. He should have been remanded. 44 arrests.
4: Who is this that? Is, is, that uh, Lydia, is that Gonzalez?
13: I don't. I'm, no, no. The DA is Grace Phillips. Oh, the, right. that's, um, that's the, right. the well. It was right. an assistant DA an ADA. She, that's who the attorney was. She asked gotcha. for five thousand dollars cash or fifteen thousand dollars bond. But I'm trying to find out who the judge was because the judge could have done something after, especially he yelled at her and screamed at her. Couldn't she remand at him for something?
5: Uh, no. I, listen, I don't really don't know the details, but I know uh, her hands were tied because of this law, and she said as much. There's nothing I can do. Listen, these people—forty-four arrests. Uh, Mr. Katzmanides <laughs> talks about, you know, three strikes and you're out. I've talked about it before. Let's make it five. Let's make it ten. These people are beyond hope. I don't care. Don't invoke men- mental illness. I don't want to hear it. Some of these people need to be euthanized. Get them out of here. Thank the, you. The, the death euthanized. penalty. Uh, Fifteen strikes. Fifteen strikes, and and you get the death penalty. He's right only thirty.
13: Out. This suspect's only thirty oh my years God. old. He's only 30, and on ah, January listen, 7th, he punched
4: a he's gonna clean punch the
13: 53-year-old stranger in the face. That's fine. And then in Midtown on he's February 5th, he, he's, he's, he's known for attacking random he's people. He's been through seven- a
4: lot. He's a black person trying to live in a white society. Give the guy a damn break. He's going to clean himself <laughs> up and go to medical school, and people are going to love this guy.
13: Let's give him reparations.
4: Yes, let's give him money and med tickets and all kinds of good stuff. Broadway shows, whatever he wants. He's had a rough life. He's a black person yeah. trying to live in America. God damn it!
5: Let's give <laughs> you him a you room, know- at, a room in uh, you know the Pennsylvania Hotel as well, because uh, he's probably homeless.
13: Oh, get- So you know who has a tough, poor Asian-Americans? They're targeted left to right. Four Asian-Americans in New York have died alone in in what appears to be hate crime attacks. They are afraid to even walk down the street. They're up now in New York City, hate crime against yeah. Asians up 367%. Take wow. a listen to New York Congresswoman Grace Meng. She, they had a, uh, I guess, what would you, not a protest, but in Chinatown, kind of trying to draw attention to what's going on. And what's, what's annoying to me? This is what's annoying. Why isn't the Asian community just spell it out and say what's really going on? They keep talking about, bail reform and hate and trying to blame the police when it's it's the black community why isn't anybody talking about who these they're not white supremacists why aren't they calling out mayor adams they, they should and say come on we need you to be more tough why aren't they calling out the albany legislators like stewart cousins and carl hasty but nobody's saying any of that but here's grace meng she got very emotional take a listen
3: our community is mentally and physically exhausted From being forced to endure this ongoing violence. We are tired, so tired of living in fear. Whether or not they have all been officially categorized hate crimes or not, the fact is that our community is living in fear as we continue to witness incidents.
5: Yes, and uh, understandably emotional she should be. But you're right, uh, Lydia. You have to identify the problem if you want to solve it. And this problem it, for some reason, I don't know what it is necessarily, I can speculate, uh, these all, all these perpetrators, uh, 99% of them, they're black people. And and the, who who started it, who motivated these people to hate Asians? Maybe it was Al Sharpton back in the 80s when he called for a boycott of the Korean grocery stores. Who knows? Maybe it's the fact that the Asians are filling up these uh, specialized uh, classes in the New York City school system, and pissing these pissing people off. Who I mean, look what it is. It's,
4: it's the same thing with the anti-Semitic attacks. The overwhelming percentage of, of black people. So I but, think you look at Jewish people; they're successful for the most part. We have plenty of losers, but for the most part, they're successful, hardworking people. Same thing with the Asians. And you know, you get these kids who feel like, oh, the world is against us, and the Jews and the asians oh, they're so great. Let's go kick some ass. It, it's not. It's not a. It's not a, a, a uh, I don't know. A, uh, what's what I'm looking for here? Uh, it's like
13: a bully. They're like they think they're look, easy targets. That's right, exactly. Think. They're
4: easy targets, and 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 they're both successful yes. people that choose and, on the eight. There's a lot of
5: envy. A lot of envy. It's yes. and, uh, and who, who it's Not a about coincidence. This, excuse me. Who wrote all about this? Is a guy named Kenny Zhu, and he his book was called "An Inconvenient Minority," and that's right. what they are. The, the the you can't claim a victimhood because of uh, whatever reason. When you have the when you have Asians immigrants Asian immigrants coming in they don't speak the language they're impoverished and yet they succeed wildly because why because they have an intact nuclear family they have a great great work ethic they're not distracted by uh, you know cultural and uh, entertainment and all this nonsense encouraging them to smoke weed and shake their booties and all that right, stuff right and that this is this is the reason why. Uh, it's a larger problem. You even have the same thing in, in Harvard. There's an ongoing lawsuit right now. These Ivy League schools discriminate against the Asians. There's too many Asians, too many Asians. Uh, so this is a large problem uh, that has some deep roots. And, again, Lydia, you're right. You have to identify it, identify who the perps are, That the attackers are. It ain't because Donald Trump called it the China virus, all right? No, they, want that, the yes, exactly. okay.
4: Okay. they want you to believe that's been going on
13: long before Donald Trump.
4: Exactly. They want you to
13: believe that's the let's case. Be, yeah. Let's be honest. So you think let's that the,
4: the two stories that we covered this morning, which were great, you're always great, Lydia, are both more important than Kevin Hunter suing NBC over firing? He's calling it a wrongful termination of his ex-wife Wendy Williams.
13: <laughs> well, things did go they, they did go downhill after she got divorced because he was her manager. And if she was legitimately out sick, I bet they—they they have a case. I guarantee you, she's going to get a lot of money out of this. She'll probably get another show. And I, I'm sure. I'm sure he was. He's a smart guy. I no, mean, he is a smart you know?
4: guy. He's a smart guy. And she did, and the show did take off when when they were married, and he was kind of overseeing things. But I would ask you, Bernie. I mean, for months and months, I don't know what was happening on a daily basis. How much they were in contact. NBC with Wendy. Wendy seemed to be missing in action for a while. She popped up in Miami a couple of weeks ago. They said she looks better. Then we thought she's coming back. But uh, you think she's got a case here?
13: I think Uh, if she has a legitimate mental, I'm sorry, physical or mental reasoning behind it, she could, I think. No? What do you think? I'm sorry, Bernie.
5: I I, I just don't know enough about it. All all I know is I feel bad for her. She does have these problems. How are you doing? (laughs) But she's a great talent. She really is. And it's it's sad. I don't know what legal... you know what legal case she she has uh, for suing? I really, I just don't, I just don't know enough to comment on. Yeah, to, to be quite. Do with I. With I don't either. Well, because
13: she, she, well, like you I know said, what, Sherry Shepard is no prize. No,
5: she's You
4: terrible. know she
13: she like she was married to that guy. She was married her last husband. Then she they got a surrogate and they had a baby. And while the lady was pregnant, she decided to say uh, that's not my kid anymore. That's right. And the kid was born at the hospital. She's still paying child support. The woman is. It, I'm sorry. Like, she's no prize. I don't even know how she is allowed to. Anybody loves her. She, who, who abandons a child? Who does that? Who does that?
12: Uh,
5: Lowry well, King. Well, listen, you know, they can get <laughs> albatross around your neck, these kids. You know, you want to live <laughs> your life. <laughs> and uh, the, the, they want Cheerios in the morning. You, you're trying to sleep. Yeah, Bernie's going to come good on. Point. Who needs yeah. that?
4: Well, Lydia's always had is an excellent, excellent job. Thank you so much.
13: So tonight, five o'clock, Cats at Night, John Catsmatidis. You will hear news you will never hear anywhere else. We got the biggest newsmakers yesterday. We had General David Petraeus, who because of him, I didn't sleep last night because I specifically asked him the question: Do you think we're on the brink of a nuclear war? Because President Biden said, "No, no, no, don't we have nothing to worry about?" And Petraeus said maybe and he also kind of he yeah he said maybe and he he also said that like listen putin is now a rat in a corner you know and we got to be really careful like you want to be tough and you want to be yeah let's do this to him he said but that guy is also inches away from the a button nuclear weapons they have the largest nuclear arsenal in the world like we have to tread
5: exactly six thousand missiles and, yeah, you're right, he's desperate, he's, he's like a cornered rat. And uh, so you're right, tread lightly and stop with the, uh, you know, the tough guy talk. Let's think carefully. We we don't want to engage in appeasement, but let's not be crazy with this bravado. I mean, let's think reasonably and, uh, you know, hope hope for the best.
13: Hope for the best. So Cats at Night, 5 o'clock, I said alone, John Catsmatini's, we always have the best hosts in studio on the line. Don't want to miss it.
7: He's
5: your numero uno. All right, Lydia Serrano, I thank you very much. We love Lydia.
4: It's a great tune. Billy Joel, I Go to Extremes. You know, that Keith Smolin Bernie and Sid Facebook website, they, they write two days ago, Ben, you can tell Lou Rufino is back, the music is already better. Well, I mean, you people are wrong, not every now and then, all the time. This is actually the first song that Lou has picked to play on this show. Make it louder, Lou. Billy Joel, I Go to Extremes. So. I've got a friend up in Bethel, New York, where my mom lives. White Lake Home, six miles outside of Monticello. Her name is Susan Brown-Otto. She listens to this program every single day. She loves me and Bernie. She says, we need Rob Astorino to run for the 17th Congressional District, Rockland County, Sullivan County, Westchester County, and Orange County. That would be a good idea if, in fact, he wasn't running for governor, which he is, and it should be a great race between him, our friend Lee Zeldin, And our friend Andrew Giuliani. With that said, here he is already, a successful politician, um, uh, Westchester. Now again, running for governor, Rob Astorino. Rob, welcome back to the Bernie and Sid Show. How are you, pal?
0: Uh, It's good to be with both of you. And, yes, I get those texts from Susan. And, no, I'm not running for Congress. I'm 100% committed to running for governor. And I'll give you a little Joe Namath moment right now. I guarantee you there will be a primary. I guarantee you I will win the primary, and I guarantee you I will win in November. Wow. wow. Look love, at it, you. love it, love yeah, it, love it. Yeah,
4: got to love the comp. I'm glad you actually know who uh, Susan is, and she keeps in touch with you. Uh, all those, uh, I think, are true, too. So does Bernie. Bernie loves you, obviously. Uh, but let's get to the party. They did nominate yesterday Lee Zeldin. When they did that, what were you thinking?
0: <laughs> that was the establishment pick back in April. I mean, that process was basically shut down last year. The establishment made their pick. You know, some of the early money followed the establishment. And they wanted no process. And I said way back then there was going to be a primary. We were going to, to run for governor uh, and, and finish what I started in 14 when I ran against Cuomo. And so, you know, yesterday was kind of a it was fun to be with everybody because I know a lot of obviously the Republicans, you know, the, the county chairs and stuff around the state. But it was a dog and pony show, and you know I spoke to the media afterwards and said well, we're we're going to go forward. There's no question. And so actually, right now we've got a large army of volunteers with clipboards going door to door for the next five weeks, talking to Republicans, getting them to sign our petition, and we will qualify. And guys, the last time this happened in 2010, where the establishment uh, picked Rick Lazio uh, to run for governor uh he lost (laughs) to borrow from warner Mm. wolf he lost (laughs) and and he lost by if you had rick lazio in 22 (laughs) points you lost (laughs) by a lot yeah i know he lost by 23 points and carl paladino petitioned his way onto the ballot so it really is up to the republicans not not the establishment and look You know, when when Lee Zeldin, and and I like Lee, I do, I like them all. We're friends, and any one of them I will support if they win the primary uh, against, you know, and then run against Hochul. But, you know, in 2010 to 2014, Lee was a state senator in Albany. Uh, Republicans had the majority, and he was a reliable vote for Andrew Cuomo. He voted for all of his budgets. Uh, He voted for the Cuomo agenda. He was touting Cuomo for to be president of the United States while I was touting Cuomo for prison. You know, I mean, anyone Whoa. saw how bad of a guy he was, but unfortunately there were way too many who were just willing to play the game, and that's not what's going to happen with me. Uh, you know, I, I am, I've been saying since then, you know, I first got into office January of 2010 and the state needed to be turned around, and Albany was on the wrong track, and everyone could see it, and yet... Some people were completely mesmerized by Cuomo uh, and fell for the game and, and played with him. And, and that's not what I will do. And, and I went right at it. I, I mean, I call Cuomo corrupt to his face when too many Republicans were were playing footsie in dead silence. So I think there's some very big contrasts wow. between us.
4: Yeah, and Bernie, there you I, go. There. I, Bernie, Bernie there's your first silo. Let we talked about silos between the, the candidates. There's your first silo.
5: Let me just say this. Shots fired. Shots fired yeah, against, uh, that, yeah. that is the first time we heard this is going to be a battle. Uh, that's the first time we heard some sort of negative thing about your opponents. You know, Giuliani, excuse me, Zeldin, they, they, they defer, they deflect, they don't talk about the other opponents, they talk about themselves, but you, Rob Astorino, yes, indeed, uh, You calling Lee Zeldin a Cuomo stooge, essentially. And I want to ask you this, Rob Astorino, because I personally, uh, you know, I like you, and I I think you'd make a great governor. How do people access this petition to help you out?
0: Well, I thank you, Bernie, for asking that. It's info at robastorino.com is an email directly to us, or go to robastorino.com and volunteer. And all you have to do is just be part of the large army. I mean, we're going to be all over Long Island today, all over the Hudson Valley, in the city, all throughout New York State. Uh, and we will qualify. There's, there's no question in my mind. And, and I'm thankful for all the volunteers that we've, we've had from 14 on and those who have been joining now because they realize that, you know, I have the backbone to go up against what we're going to deal with. You know, they're, they're trying to force us out of New York, right, these, these radicals. Yeah. They, they call us extremists. They call us racist. They're trying to completely obliterate the suburbs by abolishing single-family residential zoning. I dealt with that crap uh, with Obama and HUD, and I won, and I stood firm against them. You know, the illegal immigrants coming in on the flights, I exposed that. I'm not going to back down to these crazies, uh, and I'm not going to play with them like some did, you know, in Albany, just to kind of let's – let's we don't want choppy waters. That That's not what is going to bring this state around. And, by the way, look, again – All of us are good and all of us are qualified, but only one of us, and that would be me, can actually get elected in November because I think we saw with this past November, Long Island's going to be red this November, thank God. Suffolk has been red. Trump won it twice. I won it when I ran in 14 for governor, and Nassau came back, and they will stay. Upstate will be very red this year. So the whole battle is going to be the Hudson Valley, including Westchester, which is a Republican graveyard. Trump lost by 37 points, but I have won there twice by big numbers. So if we can, if we can win or cut the losses in Westchester and, and win the suburbs like Rockland County and Orange and Dutchess, where we've got to bring people over into our fold. And because I speak Spanish, you know, we've always been successful with Hispanics. Where They're running towards us. We've got to embrace them and everybody and bring over enough Democrats, which is what I was able to do in a very deep blue county. That's the whole ball game. I mean, just rah rah, pick a primary, you know, pick a Republican. We're all going to hold the base. We're all good, but bringing over those who haven't voted Republican or, or fled our party—that's the whole ball game. Because look, you know, you, you know how bad things are right now. We got like between gas prices, taxes, you know, inflation, the cost right. of living. New York is—it's—it's it's too high. We're talking like Hunter Biden. I it is freaking crazy in New York. Mm-hmm. So we have got to be able to attract people uh, and make common sense. And I think people are ready to jump ship. I really do. Yeah. You know we're getting get sick that, of gaslighting.
5: Get that feeling as well, Rob Astorino. Uh, an awakening, an epiphany on the part of the electorate. Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive, he's running for governor of the state of New York. And uh, Rob, so let me get to this. Uh, uh, you're going to go up, if you win the primary, you're going to go up against, of course, uh, Kathy, uh, Governor Kathy Hopeless, who is a proponent of this no-cash bail law. She she won't fight it. She's down with uh, the state legislature called Heasty, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. We just had a Lydia Sorani report, the guy who shoved the feces in the face of uh, a woman sitting on the platform of, of a subway station. The judge actually, his her hands were tied. She had to let this guy out, despite the fact that it had 44 priors, violent priors. As a matter of fact, so how would Rob Astorino attack these? How, how what would be your approach to, to reforming this no cash bail law, given the intransigence of the uh, of uh, and the uh, cousins?
0: Well, look, here's the benefit of being an executive, right? I I had a Democratic County board the entire time in Westchester, and I got everything done. We literally cut taxes against their will. I held spending flat for eight straight years against their will. I said no to things, and we, we really worked hard, and, and we had a successful revitalization of Westchester. The same thing can happen with a very strong leader and executive in Albany, especially through the budget process. You know, that's how Cuomo got some things done, and, and Hochul is trying to get things done, Uh, But, you know, it's really important because that's where I'll make those big changes. And that's where I'll convince Democrats that, you know, they're costing us lives. Literally, that stuff is costing us lives. And I love when they sit there and say, oh, you know, Republicans are just using talking points. Crime's not bad. Uh, People don't feel safe because they're not safe, whether it's in the suburbs or whether it's in the cities." Uh, And if you don't feel safe, you don't want to stay here. But you know what? It's not easy just to pick up and leave, as as some people have already done, obviously. But, you know, look, we're all New Yorkers. I love staying here. My family's here. Uh, You know, my kids go to school here. Our history's here. Our job's here. You can't just call a U-Haul and buy property in Florida and leave. It's hard. So that's why I'm staying here and fighting, and I think that's why people want to see a fight. They want somebody – with, with a brain and a backbone to go hmm. up against these people. And if I could do it in a Westchester, I sure as hell can do it statewide. So I'm ready. Uh, I'm excited about this. Like and again, if people want to volunteer, just info at robastorino.com or just go on our website and volunteer.
4: I have to imagine, uh, in terms of money for the campaign, I, I got a guy that, uh, look, he owns all the Soul Cycles, he owns all the uh, Equinox Gyms, he built Hudson Yards. He is Mr. New York when it comes to you know, buildings and all that type of thing, but he also owns your favorite football team, the Miami Dolphins. Steve Ross, yeah. Yeah, so is Steve Ross, uh, is he on the Rob Astorino bandwagon? You're a big Dolphin fan.
0: Uh, yes, I, I've known Steve a long time. He's a, he is a great guy, and uh, the more more I got to talk to him about is what we're going to do with two attack of Aloha. He's concerned about that. Uh, I hear you.
4: <laughs> I hear you. I mean, what a mess you have, a Brian Flores, and uh, he accused Stephen Ross of like trying to throw game. What a mess your team caused. What a mess. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. Have Dan Marino I come know. in and. and uh, I'll go around town with you when you make all your yeah. stops. <laughs> hey,
5: hey, hey listen, listen Rob just briefly uh shots fired against uh, Lee Zeldin. we had Andrew Giuliani on the other day very impressive young man uh what and, and he touts these polls that say he's ahead by a mile according to Andrew Giuliani the Siena poll etc uh any shots you want to fire against Andrew Giuliani
0: No I love Andrew and, and these aren't shots fired these are real just We've got to, we've got to point it out because people have to make decisions and they've got to have somebody who can actually win in November I, I, The blessing and the curse for Andrew is his last name, right uh, The Giuliani name in New York still has weight and people people like the name in Republicans but he also has a 50 unfavorable 50 percent unfavorable in New York because Democrats and independents and some Republicans don't like that so it's tough because you see you're you might be up in the polls right away on name recognition but it's true. you know we that's what a primary is for that's what a campaign is for and he shouldn't be shut out either if he wants to run and they tried to shut him out too so you know I'm not listening to the quote party bosses and and most Republicans don't like having something shoved down their throat here's who you're gonna go for here's who we're gonna we're gonna pick uh, that's why i'm I'm in this we've got the bandwidth and the army of volunteers we are literally out today, starting today with our clipboards, and, and away we go.
4: Well, it sounds like uh, you're ready to go, and uh, we wish you the best of luck, obviously, and keep coming back on the program. We we love all three of you guys, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck, Rob. So thanks for hopping on today and continued success.
0: Thank you, Sid. Thanks, Bernie.
4: Take care, buddy. Rob
0: Astorino,
4: once again, running governor here in New York, and as of right now, and if if, if I'm wrong here, I don't want to put words in your mouth, my man Bernard. As of right now, you're endorsing him,
5: yes? I'm keeping an open mind, but I'm leaning towards Rob Astorino. Oh, you're kind of endorsing like him. Yes. How's that for a political you know I mean? a polit- <laughs> politician
4: type answer? That man? was a great answer, and uh, it's been a great three hours. One more hour to go. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Lots of phone calls, and beat Bernie comes your way in the final hour. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour of the Ash Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid right after this. <laughs>
6: Two, so in my
5: and yeah. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, I love it. I love that song. What is that, Lope? Who is that? The Eagles? That's, uh, no, no,
11: bad company.
5: Bad company, okay, w- whatever. Yeah, I gotta quit the drugs. I, I can't remember half <laughs> I want to know, nonsense. What,
11: Well, whatever. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, no, it's a good song, great song, good up song, uh, good up tempo, kick ass song is what it is. By the way, today's the first day in New York State that kids can go to school and not wear a mask. This is a really, really big deal for a lot of kids and families across the state. Of course, New York City. Uh, Not so much. They're going to wait. Eric Adams has got to wait because he didn't want to take orders from the woman pulling uh, the misogynist card. I'm accusing him of anyway. I mean, the kids in New York City should be allowed to go to school. The governor deemed it okay. Let him go, Eric Adams. Uh, Anyway, uh, apparently he has a problem with strong women, does Eric Adams. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I think Uh, so. uh, So, yes. So, speaking of which, uh, you know, these these weak politicians, uh, Joe Biden gave the State of the Union speech last night in which uh, it was just it was disjointed there was terrible continuity there was no excitement the only the only good thing about it was is that it was short it was brief an hour and 2 minutes which i i don't know if that's a record or not but uh i mean it was mercifully i was watching it with my wife last night carol saying my my saintly wife carol uh, i was saying this is torture i had to sit there and watch this crap but i did i watched it and uh he didn't disappoint he was uh, mumbling and stumbling. and You know, he said some good things about the Ukraine, which was nice. It oh, was too then he, easy. Then he yeah, it was. It, 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 you're right. It was easy. And then he segued. he talked about, by the way, he talked, he had that kid. There were no moments. There were no passionate, emotional moments where, where you've had in the past with Donald Trump, with veterans or whatever. But he tried one with a kid uh, and insulin. And uh, he talked about bringing down the price of insulin now. Donald Trump brought down the price of insulin. He 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 put out an executive order, insulin dropped to affordable prices. Joe Biden came into office and reversed it. He's the one responsible for the high prices of insulin right now. So By the way, bring- he
4: actually blamed Trump. It's funny you say that because I know. he he showed the kid, talked about his kid and his father both take insulin every day and he said the prior administration made it completely
5: unaffordable for the father and son. It's a lie. It's a blatant, flat-out, provable lie is what it is. Uh, Trump lowered the price of insulin. He he actually did look it up, Google it. Uh, Justin, anybody want, go ahead and Google it. No, no, no. I
4: believe you, bro. I believe you over Joe Biden eight days a week.
5: Yeah. Uh, Well, and of course, uh, uh, well, thank you for that. And, of course, uh, on the energy, we are actually uh, subsidizing, financing uh, Russia's invasion into uh, the Ukraine because we import 600,000 barrels of oil a day. We talked about that earlier, but we're paying for it. That's a lot of money. That's like a, I don't know. I don't know what the math is. Ma- I don't do math because math is racist. Uh, they, so they tell me not to do it. So I can't give you a figure. I will not do it. But again, Biden didn't disappoint. He was full of uh, gaffes talking about Iranians instead of Ukrainians, whatever. <laughs> Take a listen to this montage that Justin Ellick put together.
8: Putin may circle Kiev with tanks. But it'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. What? Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble, r- ruble, oh, no. pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound. Yeah. It's time to see the. The, what used to be called the Rust Belt become this, the, 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 the home of a, of a significant yeah. resurgence of manufacturing. Yeah. Increasing the productive capacity of our economy. Hey, our economy. On, what are you doing I call it building a better America. There's simply nothing beyond our, comas- our capacity. What? Thank you. Thank you. Go get him.
4: Go get him. I guess go he's, go talking about people, he's talking about Putin there, obviously, but my God, it's out of Oh, no, that's funny,
5: man. That's funny right <laughs> there. <laughs> not funny right there. You no, know, that's funny, yeah. man. And then uh, idiots, uh, you had these cable, these fake news idiots praising him. Oh, this was the greatest speech since uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, Gettysburg, Gettysburg Address. No,
4: no, did somebody Let- actually say that? Uh, uh, no, but I uh, mean, well, no, I know, some, I know they were Right, right. Well, right.
5: listen, listen to uh, this woman that ran for uh, president. This, uh, this, well, she's not a lightweight, but she, she's not. She's not a heavyweight either. Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. Oh, Listen to this. God.
6: The most biggest
3: moment for me was just the way he brought people together, not just the <laughs> world, big deal, on Ukraine, but also the Congress. That was a big moment, uh, given everything that he has done to bring the world together.
4: What did he do to bring the Congress She's together? a complete
5: what are you fool. Talking about?
4: Yeah. fool. They, did, they did show her last night. She looked ridiculous. And they showed Liz Warren last night, who was yeah. uh, dressed. Uh, she wasn't dressed right, by the way. She um, had
5: uh, she had the, uh, the she, she had the moccasins on, right? Yes, the, she had uh, the
4: moccasins. Yes,
5: that's her. Right, uh, but uh, and the Amy feather a cl- in her, in her Klobuchar. hair,
4: Klobuchar. I mean Amy. I'm I play. know,
5: really. Come on, please. We're not stupid people, but they think we are. Now, just for laughs, uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump. He's more measured. Uh, you know, he's he he gets his digs in in a certain way. It's he has a his certain fashion don trump jr is just pissed the hell off donald trump jr is just furious over everything and it's funny and he's, he's on the money too by the way this was his assessment of uh biden's speech take a listen
12: watching that idiocy tonight that state of the union was a disaster does anyone in america truly believe that we are better off now than we were one year ago the state of joe biden's union is denial. The real state of the union is this. We have record high inflation attacks on the American middle class. We have a supply chain crisis where our shelves are empty and we are told to lower our expectations. We have skyrocketing gas prices while ceding energy supremacy to countries like Russia, allowing them the financial capabilities to do this. We have skyrocketing crime and murder rates. Yes. We abandoned Americans to the Taliban, a terrorist regime in Afghanistan. We have concerned mothers and parents going to school board meetings and being labeled by our DOJ as terrorists. When is this going to end? Tonight was a disgrace. It was a joke, and the American people <laughs> wow. see it.
5: That was you great. Love it. You gotta love it. Who yeah, was that? Right? Burn. He summed it up. That was Donald Trump Jr. Oh,
4: Jr. That was that was like a Joe Boningo rant almost. That was yeah, great. Yeah. You know who <laughs> shares those same opinions uh, about last night's? State of the Union, Bernard is um, Justin Ellick. He was uh, equally as horrified. For the uh,
5: how much of it did you watch last night? I watched the whole thing. None of it, right?
4: None of it. I watched the whole thing. Not one second. You know, I
5: admire people who who can uh, afford the luxury of not watching. I don't think (laughs) Justin Ellick falls into that category, though.
4: Not one second, Bernie. Not a second. You're a liar.
10: How much did you watch? Be honest. Tell Bernie, tell Bernie the truth. No, I actually did watch uh, more than half of it. But, really? I, but I have to get to bed. I have to get to bed at a reasonable hour. Okay. Right. okay. You know. All
6: right.
5: Plus All right. he knows that I am going to, you know, I'm going to instruct him on what to get. He's, exactly. He, he right. counts on me no, and he I mean, knows that. Right. Right. And so uh, he has that luxury. He does have oh, so that his, luxury. he
4: was copying hours. So just so you know the dynamic of the show, it's become obvious. Lou runs the board. Justin ends up being one of the characters on the show. Justin comes after me and Uncle Bernie <laughs> is here to defend you. See how it goes? <laughs> Uncle characters. Bernie. Yeah. He's a character. So Uncle Bernie's here to defend. Wait you. a second.
5: Justin Ellick is the executive producer. He's a what of the show? Is it Matt right. Meany that? He's a boss. I, no, Matt Meany's the program.
6: Is it Eric Spitz? The uh... <laughs> what
5: well, happened? Oh,
11: yeah.
6: How long have you worked here, though?
4: You don't know what everyone does. Oh, my God. There's more titles in this place. And...
11: He couldn't care less, uh, Justin. He
10: doesn't care. Me and you, are, me and you are, are basically equals at this point. What? Yeah. Bernie, you hear this?
5: <laughs> uh, I'm listening. No, but, I, uh, but I,
10: I partially blame you for this, Bernard. I really do.
5: It's a weak attempt at humor. It, it, oh, it, just it is. look at it that way.
10: <laughs> it's, in, it's in my contract.
5: It's a very, very weak <laughs> attempt at humor. Yeah. Uh, and speaking <laughs> of weak attempts, uh, you had the the governor of Iowa gave the rebuttal last night. She's no orator. She's not, uh, again, she's no Abe Lincoln at uh, Gettysburg, but uh, she was on the money with a lot of stuff. And and to give her credit, she stepped up because nobody, it's a no-win job. Nobody wants to do it. Everybody gets embarrassed. Remember Marco Rubio, Bobby Jindal, all that stuff. Also, there were two Democrats that gave rebuttals. Rashida Tlaib, she was angry. She was pissed off. We're going to get some audio of that. Well, angry, you mean she didn't like the speech or angry... She was angry at Joe Biden. She for was. To, yeah. 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 For not passing uh, all this uh, woke socialist uh, Jew hating America stuff, uh, America hating stuff as well.
4: And AOC was angry, too. But I do want to ask you before you play her from last night, why would Republicans, Bernie, not want to do it? I mean, given the chance to come out afterwards and call out all the lies, whether it was the way he talked about cops, uh, the way he talked about uh, inflation, why wouldn't. Republicans be chopping at the bit to go on there afterwards and call him the liar that he was last night.
5: Yeah, because it's uh it's anticlimactic. You can't beat the uh, you know, all the uh, pomp and circumstance of the you know, the president right, in right. one of the, the one of the chambers of Congress with right. all the uh, you're right. all that stuff. You, you you can't compete with him. Uh, you really can't I
4: mean, and to your point even they even showed a bunch of times last night, Bernie, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham standing up and clapping. So, I guess you're right. It's a no win for a Republican at that it point, is. right?
5: It is. And that's why, and of course, you've had historically these embarrassing moments. So, you've got to give that lady, Kim Reynolds, credit, even though she wasn't great. You mentioned AOC. She was, uh, I, I don't know what she was angry about, but listen to this thing back. Play that, please, Lou
7: was a lost opportunity because the entire country does support. There is profound bipartisan support to a long long term shift away from (laughs) fossil fuels. We shouldn't be reliant on fossil fuels to begin with. And that would really solve a lot of these issues. So, you know, I think that there was uh, there's a lot more to be desired there.
5: So uh, inform me, educate me. He's not going back to fossil fuels. We're not going to be energy independent. He won't reverse the policy on the uh, XL pipeline. So what the hell is she talking about?
4: What is she talking about?
5: He's not going to drill. He's not. He, she's she's getting exactly what she wants out of this right, guy. yeah,
4: so I, I mean, he never he didn't intimate Lance. Not given the opportunity, by the way, to say hey. Here's I'm gonna start solving some of these problems. He never even intimated he was gonna do any of that stuff.
5: Not at all. By the way, she got all dressed up and got her hair done, like she was going to the club. It did look good. And then she complains when people, you know you know, when people objectify her as she would uh, call it and say they wanna do this and wanna do that. I mean, you know, you put your hair in a bun and and dress like a nun or something like that. Well, that's good so, you point. Know, don't be dressing up like you're you know about to shake your booty at uh, whatever the hell it is in Midtown Manhattan. Look, another guy not happy with uh, Joe Biden in this Russian thing, Russian into the Ukraine thing, a real, real ugly, nasty disaster. The father of all bombs they drop. This is an illegal bomb. They call it the father of all bombs. You drop it, and and like a block radius. Everybody dies. Their lungs collapse. That's how they die. It's really, really brutal, really nasty. So anyway, Zelensky was saying we need more help. Uh, Joe Biden's given him a lot of uh, moral support, but not necessarily the help Zelensky is looking
8: for. This is what he said i talked to president biden many times i am very grateful to him for all the opportunities and the support but they did not hear me i told them that ukraine will fight will fight more than anyone else but we just by ourselves left alone against russia we simply cannot manage
5: so what i i, I don't quite understand what he expects us to do i mean uh, does he expect us to send troops? Does he expect I think so. NATO to send troops? Yeah, I think so. You're, you're not. Ukraine is not a part of NATO. I, mean, I know. I am with the Ukrainians. I, I admire him. I admire their courage, their resilience, the 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 populace. But there's nothing we can do. There's nothing no. we can do short of uh, engaging in World War III. He wants a no-fly zone. I mean, he wants us to enforce a no-fly zone. That is, as Peter Peter King confirmed when I asked him this morning. That that would immediately precipitate World War III, yep. and we don't want that. So my question that I asked earlier is, are we giving the Ukrainians false hope? Should we p- be pursuing peace now before all this carnage and the, the humanitarian crisis with the refugees comes to fruition? Because it's only going to get nastier, yep. uglier, bloodier. And uh, so th- that's my question. I don't know what the answer is. Oh, no, I know what the answer is. It's a
4: great question, and the answer is yes. Sign that what uh, listen zelensky's got to relent it is what it is heroic brave great, even my thirteen year old son loves Zelensky I swear to you i 'm not even exaggerating Bernie he loves him, but he 's in a knowing situation his people are going to die in bigger numbers every day, so you know courage aside he's got to relent at some point and basically give Putin what he wants these iranians
5: got, have got
11: to you know they understand iranians.
5: reality what's <laughs> up with these iranians I don't know these Iranians Come on, <laughs> come on, Zelensky. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, there you have it. That, in a, in a nutshell, that and uh, of course, uh, Rob Astorino and the Republican convention out in Nassau County, where the Republican uh, establishment says we want Lee Zeldin, and uh, Rob Astorino says not so fast. There's going to be a primary. I got a petition going. So uh, there you have it. One 9222 on the Bernie and Sid show. We're coming right back. <laughs> Run, 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 and
4: it's Bernie loves this song. Nine twenty-two on your Ash Wednesday, Hump Day, Wednesday, Happy Ash Wednesday, everybody. Last year on this day, I actually went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, as Bernie remembers, and uh, got ashes. I think I was the only Jew that day to do it. And I walked around the city for like two and a half hours. But I did ask the priest. I'm like, "Is this okay?" You remember all this, Bernie? And he's like, "No, absolutely." So I did uh, partake a year ago, but I did not partake in the Lent portion. We well, have to give something up. That becomes more difficult for uh, folks like you, Bernard. Oh, do you, I mean? Do you um, you get ashes and all that stuff? I don't know what you're.
5: Yeah, but you do. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm a good Catholic. Yeah. Well, you're not, not willing. Uh, I'm going to give up. Uh, I decided I'm
11: going to give up. <laughs> for, for, you can't call him a bad Catholic when you what? got ashes. What are you talking about? You're not supposed to get. Ashes. Who said the priest that I can do it? You're what, a bad who, Jew. What, what was the what was his name? Joe Priest? Saint Patrick's Cathedral, brother, Monsignor Richie. Right. Okay. What did it What did it say? Richie on his back? Well, I don't back know what it said on his back, classic? but it, that's the greatest church in the world. Okay. Right. Doesn't mean it was a real priest. So it wasn't a real priest? <laughs> no, you're not supposed to get ashes if you're not. Oh, well, Bernie. Bernie <laughs> said it was a Bernie. You said it was okay.
4: Which Bernie one is it? Bernie is the hey, nicest guy. Of course I'm fine he said with it. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, good. I'll,
11: go, I'll go with you today. We'll get ashes. Okay. Uh, are you really going to go? I'll go if you go.
4: I will go. Yes, <laughs>
11: and I'm and I'm Catholic, and I should be going.
4: You never go though, any year, do you? Never. You never go.
11: I, usually, I'm tied to a board of some sort. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've witnessed in the last twenty five years. I that have. You say you've noticed. I have. Right. Yes. We need a contestant for beat Bernie. One
4: 848 WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. So, well, Bernie, I told you a couple of days ago that I went for that part. For the, uh, the movie about the stock market, uh, nearly collapsing in 1963 when the guy from Bayonne, New Jersey, made all this uh, tons and tons of money from um, oil, from salad oil, from uh, soybean. You know, right. it turns out uh, that he actually borrowed a ton of money from American Express. And American Express took a severe beating because of this scandal. And Warren Buffett was a very, very young guy, very young guy. He was not a uh, the wealthy man he is today. And he said, let me tell you something, right now I can get Amex on the cheap because it just took a beating in this whole DeAngelo scandal. And that's where Warren Buffett made his first real huge score was buying American Express after this stock market scandal, which is the movie I'm actually uh, in now. I shot up the part and I got it. But I also told you that I have to go to Los Angeles for the Gemini Lounge, which was a very famous Brooklyn bar, and it was uh, a mob bar. You know, downstairs they had the bar, and on the mm-hmm. second floor they had the apartment upstairs. In Bro- Brooklyn, right? Exactly. And the mob would, would take the bodies up there and carve them up, and um, it was with the Mayo family, a two-story. Bo Dito knows the place very, very well. Bo's in the movie, too. Our friend Danny A. is the guy making that movie, and they called me last night And I'm playing the part of Dracula, Joe Guglielmi, who happened to be Roy DeMeo's first cousin. And I have to fly out to Los Angeles March 21st, and I'll be filming that movie March 22nd through March 25th, the first trip to L.A. So I won't be here, obviously. So um, the tank job, the Bayonne movie, is set to shoot in August, and now I've got my dates in three weeks, four days of a shooting in Los Angeles. For the Gemini Lounge. It's all real, Bernie. This is real.
5: This is unbelievable. You're actually going to a a Hollywood studio, is
4: is, is that the case? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. They're actually uh, putting together my hotel accommodations today so Danielle can come, obviously. And, you know, I'll be looking for uh, for a studio. I'm going to take one of those days off. The other two days, I'm going to try to actually do the show, which will be 3 a.m. local time. In Los right. Angeles, if I can, at a local radio studio. But yeah, I mean, I'll be shooting on set in Los Angeles, and then they come back to Brooklyn later in the summer. But um, all this is real. Like, oh, yeah, we're kinda I was kind of kidding around the last couple of months, Bernie, right. but this is real.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, it seemed like uh, an abstraction when you're talking about it in, in the distant future. But now, yeah, it's uh, this month. This month? And so look at you. You got a book, you got a movie, you got a TV show. I got three movies. You got a radio show. Yeah. I mean, uh, king of all media, bro. Come on. That's fun. It's, it's, it's all fun. But, of course, uh, as I
4: wrote just a couple of days ago on one of my Instagram posts, none of this, not the book, not the three movies, not the Graves and none of it would be possible without this specific show, without you, uh, the, the best partner any guy could ever have, and quite frankly, without John, Margot and Chad, who gave us a second chance when, in fact, Cumulus uh, no disrespect to them because they did hire me way back when. I mean, Chad did, but they left us out there to die. And John and Margot came in and uh, rescued all of us. But none of, none of this happens, these other things, which are all cute and it's fun, without the success of Bernie and Sid in the morning.
5: Well, that's true. Uh, it doesn't take away from, uh, you know, the, the excitement and the uh, the fun and, and uh, you know, actually the accomplishment of being an actor in a Hollywood movie, for God's sake. <laughs> but no, all fun. credit to them, no doubt about it. The Katzmatidis, Kat uh, Margot and John and, and Chad Lopez and everybody else. Uh, you're right about that. But still, this is very, very exciting. Look at you. This. When is this movie scheduled for release? Um, um, if I had a
4: guess, and I haven't gotten the exact date from Daniel Gustavo just yet, but I know we film in Los Angeles through March and April in Brooklyn, May, and the early part of June. So I think it's safe to assume... Early fall, September, October, two thousand twenty-two. This film should be in movie theaters across the nation. That's so how the that Danielle said to me. Wait a second, wait a second. Are we actually go to a movie theater and see you on the screen? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ha,
12: ha, ha. You're
4: not crazy.
5: So it is crazy. So I would imagine you have your script already. I've got the script now. The issue becomes: is it uh, a half a page or like uh, twenty pages? It, uh, the actual script for the movie is one
4: hundred and sixty yeah. pages, and I've no, got f- f- you. Oh, no, I've got a lot. I mean, again, I've got uh, six days of shooting. Bo Dito's got three. So I spoke to Bo last night. They want me to stay in LA for two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. And I told them last night, I go, guys, I'm on the number one morning show in New York City with Bernie McGurk. I can't stay in Los Angeles for two and a half weeks. So even Bo said to me, wow, that is a lot of shooting. You got got a very, very big part. Because they said to me, you need to stop shaving. You need to grow your hair on the sides not on top, stop working out, don't tan, do all this stuff. And I said, are you guys nuts? Unless you're paying me $20 million like the Nero got for a uh, raging bull, I'm not going to stop doing all that with this. So, And Bo called me yesterday and said, Sid, it's actually a pretty big role. Like You should do some of the things they're asking you to do. So on a serious note, no, you're kind of kidding, but they're actually asking me to, to do things physically to play this role because the guy in real life was a gaunt, pale, very skinny type right. of guy, and here I am, bald, tan, and muscular, doesn't exactly fit the bill.
5: So what are you going to do?
4: Wear very big sweatsuits. <laughs> uh-huh. And Danny said, if I'm not willing to grow my hair out on the sides, thick on the sides and thin on top, I'll be wearing a lot of hats. hats. They, they yeah. could
5: put hair on you. They could also make your skin. You can still go to a tanning salon. And uh, they can put makeup on your skin. Right, make it look
4: pale. Yeah, 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 sure. Right. It's funny. I'm going to put up a picture on my Instagram today of the actual guy. He really is. And, Justin, you saw this pale as a go. So, anyway, it's a very exciting time. But but the most exciting and the reason behind all of it is Bernie and Sid in the morning, the number one, the number one Nielsen-rated News Talk morning show in New York. And if you don't believe me, just go to page 20 of today's New York Post where, once again, John Katz and Matidis put out a full-page promo ad for just us, Bernie and Sid, and the success we're having right now. And as I told you earlier, a very, very powerful local radio guy texted me this morning congratulating both you and I, Bernie, and saying, basically, where I work, it's one thing to get ratings, what you guys have done, nothing short of a miracle. Sweet, <laughs> yes, a,
5: a big shot radio guy. I can yeah. speculate as to who it is, but uh, either, is. Yeah, yeah, either yeah. way, yes, uh, it, it is. Uh, you know, we worked hard for it uh, all these years, so we'll take it. And uh, page twenty in the New York Post. I can't wait. To, I don't have the Post yet. I want to get the Post and check that out. Check out, the, you know, the celebration of uh, being number one in news talk radio in New York City, the 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 biggest market, the biggest radio market in the country. Maybe the world. Who knows? It is. uh,
4: It's in the world. It's a big deal. And, of course, the rest of the day, the station does a terrific job. And, John, to his credit, Cats at Night, John Katsimatidis, that afternoon show, also number one news talk, beating guys like Sean Hannity. So we're not the only show enjoying success. But if you know anything about the radio business, if you have a great morning show, odds are I miss WFAN. You're going to do very well throughout the rest of the day. And uh, that is the case right here. So the whole day, guys, are doing very, very well. John's doing a tremendous job in the afternoons. But it all starts with us at 6 a.m.
5: Congratulations to Sid Rosenberg. To you, Bernard. It's a beautiful thing.
4: To you.
1: It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters.
3: You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Time to beat
4: Bernie. Pete is in Marlboro, New Jersey, and Pete is retired. Retired uh, from what, Pete? What did you do before?
2: Uh, I was in construction. I had my own construction company.
4: Cool. So now you're uh, You sound like a young guy. You're retired. You're just just hanging out, doing a day, just hanging
2: out? Uh, I'm, I'm 80 years old.
4: You're 80 years old. God bless you, Pete. You sound like you're 25.
2: Yeah, that, that that was my father. My father lived to be 101.
4: Well, I think you're on the same path. So, um, <laughs> no, seriously, You sound but, but, like a million bucks, my man. All right, yeah. so the weather's getting nicer. Marlboro, New Jersey is a beautiful place. We got a nice spring and summer about to come your way. Thank you for listening. What's uh, your favorite radio show in New York
2: City? Oh, you you guys, Bernie and Sid. You the man. You the man. Thank you very much. Uh, and, well, and but, by the way, Bernie, I went to Lincoln.
4: Oh, sort of my father, So did my dad. Yes, there you go. Uh, did you grow up in Coney when you Island? Did you
2: graduate.
4: Uh, my father graduated. I don't know, early nineteen forties, I guess. Uh, well, did oh, okay. you live? Did you live in Coney Island?
2: No, I lived on uh, near Kings Highway, East Seventh Street.
4: No, well, I lived on East Twenty Second and Quentin, right by Kings Highway. Oh,
2: there you go. Oh, yeah? well, you went to Madison, right? Oh, uh, I
4: did not. I, I actually lived two blocks away from Madison, but I went to Poly Prep. Oh, okay. You one of those guys. Yes, I'm one of the, I was one of those guys, yeah. Uh, but, yes, I live right there by Madison. My sister went yeah. to Midwood, the whole
2: thing. So, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Here, yeah.
4: We played them a football. Uh, 100%. Madison, Midwood, all those guys. Those are great games. In fact, my uh, my dear friend Al Arbus was the coach at Midwood High School for a very, very long time. So, All right, Pete, wow. we're basically related at this point. I wish you the best of luck. Here's your uh, question number one. In 2014, what former NBA player made international headlines when he befriended and paid a visit to North Korean Kim Jong-un. Oh, uh, gee, the
2: guy with all the tattoos. That's right. Uh, oh, God, up in heaven. I knew you were do it. Uh, oh, God. Right, you're out of
4: time. I'm sorry.
11: Wrong, you two-legged ah. back.
2: Of
4: that guy with all the tattoos, you're right, is Dennis Rodman. That's the answer Rodman. we're looking for. Number two, who was assassinated in 1965, At the Audubon Auditorium in Manhattan. Malcolm X? Yes. Ah! Which state has the most Electoral College votes? A, New York. B, California. C, Florida.
2: California.
4: Yes. Who replaced Johnny Carson as the host of The Tonight Show in 1992? Dave Leno. Yes. And finally, to a good run here, you got three straight. Uh, as a member of the United States Army, who was the only president of the United States to serve in both World War One and World War Two?
2: Dwight David Eisenhower. Look at you,
4: Pete from downtown. Did not get the first one right, but we all do four correct answers in a row. You got a very good chance of winning today, and if you do, hundred bucks compliments of Pete Morgan and PLS Spoilers, and of course. WABC Barry House coffee Monk, Even Matt Meany, the program director, giving a little rousing applause here in the direction of uh, in uh, Pete from Marlboro, New Jersey. Well, let's get Bernard back on the line, Bernie. You there, buddy?
5: Here in the house. All right. Brother. All
4: five. All five wins. Four is a tie. Three or less, Pete gets the money. Okay. I like it, Bernie. In 2014, what former NBA player made international headlines when he befriended and paid a visit? to North Koreans Kim Jong-un.
5: That would be uh, Michael Jordan would be the wrong answer. Dennis Rodman. Yes. You
4: could play alongside Michael Jordan. Who was assassinated in 1965 at the Audubon Auditorium in Manhattan?
5: That was uh, Mr. X. Yes. By, by the uh, by the Farrakhan forces. What was his first
4: name though? Any better than Malcolm, Malcolm, yes, Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Which state has the most electoral college votes? A. New York B. California B. California See Florida. California. Yes. Who replaced Johnny Carson as the host of The Tonight Show in 1992? Joy Behar. No, Jay Leno. All right, so you tied. That's the worst you can do. You get this right, you win today's game, and I believe for the third consecutive day you'd be perfect. Bernie, as a member of the United States Army, who was the only president of the United States to serve in both World War One and World War Two. Uh, that would be as uh, say. Repeat the question quickly, please. As a member of the United States Army, who was the only president of the United States to serve in both World War One and World War
5: Two? I'd have to say uh, Harry Truman. That no,
4: is incorrect. That. That's oh no, it's Eisenhower. It's yes. Eisenhower. White Eisenhower. Yes, of
5: course. I knew that. I knew All right, I Lou. Let me go to the
4: Rules Committee. He's shaking
11: his head. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm stunned they did not get that.
5: I know, no, was, you're right,
4: you're right, you're that right. Bernard, no. was but, but he did correct history. it. He did correct it quickly. not know how it was. I can tell. Course, of course, of so, course. Yes. So you want to give him the credit?
11: I, I want to give him the credit.
4: Nah, you know, don't give me the credit. I said Harry Truman. Let's it. go to Justin Ellick. Yeah, Ellick, what Justin, do you think?
10: No, absolutely not. I apologize, Burn. I I I, I believe you. No, that I don't, you knew I don't it. deserve the credit. You yeah, lost. I, I, I believe you that you knew it. But it, listen, if you, if you get the answer uh, wrong on a test, the teacher's not going to give you the paperback right, and say what, uh, you he, want a second he, he, it try. It's not
4: like he's asking you to give it to him. But you're like you're, you're browbeating the guy like he's asking. You were asking give, me my thoughts. You know what? I'm giving I you I my thoughts. It's my fault again.
11: Unbelievable. I, 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 but what if you crossed it out before you gave it to the teacher and put the right answer? Oh. Uh, uh,
10: See, but he had already handed it in. Oh, all right. I blanked for a second.
5: I mean, I've I've known that till the cows come home. Dwight he was, of course, same thing with uh, MacArthur. He served World War One, World right. War II. Uh, Deb same Valentine. Thing with, same thing with General
4: Patton. <laughs> Deb Valentine, thumbs down. Matt Meany, thumbs down. Wow. Yes. Luke. Despite, I'll even prank <laughs> the with an E. So, sorry, Bernie, despite oh, your.
5: man. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm thumbs down for me as well. I said Harry Truman. He did, I was wrong. He, and he has been saying the whole time he got it wrong, so.
10: I'm not like arguing. You're the only one that's, like, getting, you know, up up in, like, you're, like, throwing <laughs> okay, the for some reason. <laughs> okay, I, I fine. Understand.
4: It's a 4-4 four, four tie, Bernie. Oh, what,
11: what do you think?
4: What do I, do I think? It?
11: Yes,
10: I'm uh,
4: asking I, you. I, <laughs> I think because I'm loyal to Bernard, he's at the top of the relationship where he can go out and murder three people, and I'll say, listen, the guy had a bad day. Give well, him he's, a break. Already, uh-huh.
11: he's already done that. So. Right? <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> I think you got to give it to him because he, he corrected himself, like, seconds later. He didn't hand it any. Plus, he you
11: knew he knew the he knew, answer. Exactly
5: right. Harry Truman, by the way, served in World <laughs> War One as an artillery what?
11: officer. What? Justin says no. He's oh. like so mad about it.
5: Uh, that's fine.
4: The game is a four-four tie. He's uh, the new
11: boss, though. You I, know. I, I know. I can
4: tell. Believe me, he's, he's got facial
2: expressions. He's Listen mad. to your
4: orders, Sid. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Bernie. Say hello to Pete from Marlboro, New Jersey.
5: Four-four tie. That's the end. Great job, Pete. How you doing, Thank buddy? You.
2: Bernie, Bernie. When I when I heard that, I said, "Not Bernie's going to get all five because." I knew you knew all the answers. I knew it.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, sometimes you have these uh, these brain yeah, no, farts I, I, as you call it, but uh, whatever. Either way, you gave it a, a very good I'll, try a, and you uh, succeeded. Thank you. Uh thank you. I'll How are you. things out at, in Marlboro, New Jersey, uh Pete? Uh,
2: today's not bad. It's like 50 something degrees. It's uh it's cool. It's
5: uh It's a nice place. It is
2: what it is, you know, I mean, the way and this th- world is going, who knows if we're going to be around tomorrow.
5: Anybody shoving feces in uh, people's faces oh my on the streets? God. Uh,
2: no, no, not, not out here, not out here, not <laughs> oh, here, uh, not, not yet,
5: not yet. I like what I hear. Okay, I'm, I'm, I may be headed for Marlboro on one of these days.
4: Why is that Why happening not? in Long Beach? Are they doing that now in your neighborhood, Bernie? Is that become a new thing? Where do no, you think
5: but... they get it from? <laughs> You know these, these trends—they start and uh, no, you're right. You never know.
4: You never know. Right, well, thank you, Pete. Excellent game today. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We'll come back. We'll get thoughts from the whole cast as we wrap up the Ash Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning on this Wednesday, right here in New York City. <laughs>
1: Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
4: Funny, we just had Valley Bertinelli on this show last Friday. The uh, ex-wife, well, I mean, he died at Van Halen, but uh, his wife for many, many years, Panama Van Halen, Last ten minutes of the Ash Wednesday edition, and for all the folks that were texting me last night, I got a lot of messages, DMs uh, on um, Instagram, Bernie Rosenberg Sydney, that said, "I'm watching the president. I can't do anymore. It's been fifteen minutes. I'm already nauseous. But I know in the morning that you guys will have strong opinions. You'll have the audio, which of course, Bernie is always. You came uh, on with this morning, huge ammunition." And um, I think we we covered honestly, and I think we gave the, the folks what they needed to hear, what they wanted to hear about what really happened at the nation's capital last night.
5: We exposed the lies, the farce that it was. It was uh, again, I said it earlier. It just it seemed like it was all slapped together last minute. Uh, continuity was 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 awful. It seemed to ramble, jump from place to place, and again steal a lot of uh, sentiments, a lot of uh, policies. From Donald Trump plagiarizing again, just like he did in 1988. Yeah. You know, a, a building here. A, he he talked about a secure border. I mean, uh, how how did the Congress not get up and start laughing uh, when he talked about a secure border? He's the one who made it unsecure. That's right. Come That's on. That's
4: right. He, he yeah. has. He talked about immigration. In fact, I'm surprised we haven't heard yet from President Trump late last night, early this morning, but I'm sure at some point today, We'll hear from him, and he'll, I'm sure, say the same things you and I have said all morning long about the lies and basically stealing uh, his stuff. Uh, Luke Legrano, you'll start us off today. The... Takeaway on this Ash Wednesday from today's show. What's your
6: story? I'm actually not allowed to give takeaways until my boss, Justin Alec, tells me I'm allowed to. So uh, <laughs> you, can, you can go ahead, Luke. Okay, you thank you. Uh, well, Sid, Sid, you know, uh, uh, you guys all know that when I get out of here, I was absolutely taped to Twitter, the radio, television. Uh, it is finally sinking in. We're not going to have baseball on time. Yeah. And that is, uh, it hurts, especially, you know, I think everyone here besides Justin is a Mets fan. So it's to see all this talent that we brought in, uh, now we don't get to see it, and now uh, it's just a waiting game. And uh, the little bit of joy we get to have outside of work, when we are, we're watching Joe Biden and this uh, this administration, uh, that joy got taken away from us.
4: I agree with you. We are all Met fans. Bernie's a diehard Met fan. I'm a Met fan. Lou's a Met fan. You're a Met fan. Uh, let's go to Justin Ellick, the boss. Good morning, boss.
10: <laughs> Good morning, uh, underling.
11: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He likes that, actually. Don't worry.
10: (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I'll keep it local today. I think uh, Lee Zeldin grabbing that nomination last night is a big deal. Uh, We know who our white knight is here on the right uh, to go up against Kathy Hochul. Hold hold uh, on
4: a second. Bernie, he's calling Lee Zeldin the white knight. Uh, Your guy said that was a formality yesterday. There's a petition and a primary, and this thing is far from over, yes?
5: Yeah. No, he said uh, this is the establishment pick. Again, they picked the Lazio last time the establishment did, and uh, he lost by uh, you know over twenty three points. points, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So no, it's not over. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Estorino will get that peti- petition. Uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know w- what the number of signatures he needs is. He'll get it done, and there will be a primary. So no, the race is on. Uh, yeah, Lee Zeldin. He, listen, I love Lee Zeldin. Uh, the, the guy's an Iraq War veteran. He's been a great congressman, but I didn't know. Uh, he was a Cuomo stooge when he was in the uh, state assembly. I, did I? Yeah, I didn't realize that. And I have no. to, I have to actually research it because it comes from an opponent. I want to confirm it before I, well, you know,
4: take it as gospel. We should probably book Lee again. Lee's a very good friend of both of ours, and have him tell us right here on the show if, in fact, that's the case. You're not going to get, in other words, Harry Wilson. We're not going to put him on anyway, but he's never going to admit that he gave money to Alvin Bragg. But I think Lee Zeldin is man enough to say, "Hey, look." Truth is, yes, you know I like some of his ideas, and he was. He's a, and you always talk about this as Cuomo being a, a moderate Democrat. You've always said that, even just uh, last week, that he's a moderate Democrat. So Zeldin would admit that if that's the case, and uh, we'll bring him on next week and see if that is the case.
5: You're right, and, and Cuomo is a moderate Democrat, but just like Joe Biden, he doesn't have a spine. He doesn't have a backbone. He's afraid of the radical, the woke, the woke tards out there, and he he, he caves to them. So how far back this goes with Cuomo? I don't know what votes Astorino's necessarily talking about. Again, I want to look it up and research it before, I, you know, condemn and criticize Lee Zeldin for it. All right,
4: deja vu all over again. Lou Rafino today for the first time running the board. Yes, as they said in the Blues Brothers, Drake and Elwood, the band, back together. Bernie McGurk, Lurifino, Sid Rosenberg. Missing I miss, of course, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Lurifino. First day back on the board with me and Bernie, what was uh, what was that like the last two
11: hours? Uh, I learned beat the difference between rabbles and rubles. <laughs> yeah. What a Blade. mess. What, what a mess that is. My God. If that doesn't tell you what the state of the country is in.
4: Well, let me, well, so let me ask you this. Are you? Do you have buyer's remorse right now for voting for Joe Biden?
11: I, I did not vote for Joe Biden. Oh, that's what Bernie told me. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> Yeah. You're like, you're once a liar, always a liar. That's how I look what, at it. What is that? Lou's not going to vote for Joe Biden. No, you're no, kidding. a than that. The guy doesn't even know where he is. But you're, but, but, but,
4: but, but you're not a Republican. Like, you're
5: just uh, whoever you
11: like. I'm just, I'm, yeah. Right. I'm,
5: I'm, you know I'm what? Nothing. Listen, why don't we just uh, play that clip that, uh, that you say was, uh, you know, so informative or the biggest uh, clip of the day or whatever it is. Play it for our audience right now. It's only 30 seconds, right?
11: Yeah. Give me a second.
4: Yeah, I want to hear oh, okay. that too because he did call. I think he did call rubles, rabbles. It was one of the um, one of the many mistakes he made last night. The uh, he had a bunch of uh,
8: tough times. This was one of them. Where did he go?
11: Montage, right?
8: Yeah, let's play. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks. But it'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Iranian. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble, ruble. <laughs> pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound. It's time to see the the what used to be called the Rust Belt become the the, the, the home of, of, of a significant resurgence of manufacturing, <laughs> increasing the productive capacity of our economy, of our economy. I call it building a better America. <laughs> There's simply nothing beyond our, comas- our capacity. Oh. Thank you. Go get him. Go get him. All right, Frankie Diaz with the knee. You've got a uh, takeaway.
4: What is your takeaway from today? I think he just needs to throw in the towel.
6: <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm more of an independent than anything. Like, j- just like, look, I kind of vote for whoever I like. And I, and and I'm not gonna I'm not afraid to admit it. I voted for Biden. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Okay. But um,
11: ask him about buyer's remorse. Yeah, buyer's remorse. No, I don't really.
6: I don't. I, I try not oh, to have no. many regrets in my life.
4: But you, are, you but, listen. I voted for Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump, and I admit, even in my book, I admitted. I absolutely regret that I did that.
6: Yeah, I would have. I would have. I, 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 I told this to my friend. I said, "It's it's 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 the difference between chewing on old shoe leather and and a, and a pile of dog feces." So, 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 so like, did, did you vote for Joe Biden or vote against Donald Trump? I voted for Joe Biden. Okay, all right. Then you're
4: really stupid.
5: Uh, <laughs>
11: <laughs> Some like days dissipated, right? I mean, yeah. If
4: you're voting against Trump, I cut. No, I'm kidding. All right. So yeah, listen, things, are, all right.
5: things are really great today. <laughs> <laughs> about to head into World War III. Uh, Gas is twice yeah. as much as it was a year
6: ago. Yeah. I, didn't th- I didn't say things are going good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't say things are going good. I can admit it. I can admit maybe it was a bad choice. But I, Well, I mean, just admit it. What do you mean you can't admit it was a horrible I'm choice? I'm admitting that things are not going well Just right admit now. you made a horrible choice. I, I don't want to say I made a horrible okay, uh, choice. I, I, I made a pretty bad choice. choice. Say, say horrible. I, I made a horrible choice. Thank you very okay, much. Frank, I need
11: some rubles when you get a chance. I got
6: you. Don't worry about it. I have some stuffed in my little penny safe.
11: Oh, my
4: God. Uh, but, but, again, you know, for you and I, Bernie, there was uh, this was predictable. Neither one of us thought for even a second, a second, that he would say anything last night that we would be able to go to this morning and say, hey, you got reason for hope. Hey, things may turn around. Hey, things are about to change. We didn't think that was going to be the case. We also knew there would be a montage this morning of all of his f ups So you and I had this nailed, very predictable from beginning to end right
5: even when he says fund the police i mean come on you you, when it mattered you were down with the defund the police. when it when it it would have showed signs of courage bucking your party you were down with the defund the police movement now we know with this crime spree the, the lawlessness that's going on i mean it would be political suicide for you to say defund the police so it's no profile and courage for you to say last night fund the police Again, you you have a vice president sitting behind you who raised money for people to try to bail out people who who assaulted police officers. So uh, it, it rings very very hollow, and I just hate the guy for it. The me kicking too. the police when they were yep. down yep. back in twenty twenty and yep. uh, you know subsequent uh, months uh, to that summer. It just makes me sick to my stomach, and so. Uh, yeah, none of that, I don't buy any of it. Hey, that was a heck of a show,
4: and uh, great job. I know you and I spoke last night, right before the actual uh, speech started, and uh, both of us were up late, so we need some rest today. But a uh, great show. I love you, and we'll do it again tomorrow morning. How
5: does that sound? All the love, Sidney Rosenberg. Yes, so we'll do it again tomorrow, and it's great to have Lou today.
4: It is great to have Lou. Love Lou you Love you, too. This love is you. great stuff. And, of course, the rest of the crew, too. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. All of you, great job today as you do every day. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on a Thursday, a Bill O'Reilly Thursday here on WABC. Until then, on this pretty Wednesday in New York City, from all of us to all of you,
3: Peace. peace.